Hello, everyone, to another rousing episode of Metal Gear University. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thanks for coming back. Is that, is that, is that uh, oh Ma- God. Mace? Mace? I think his name is Mace. I thought it was like coming home Carter or what is coming welcome home? back Carter. What is that? Like the opening was like, welcome back. Welcome back. Maybe it was referencing that rap back. song. What? It was referencing that, that the rap song. I think the rap song was referencing this old sitcom. Hi, everybody. Hi, everyone. <laughs> this is a Metal Gear podcast. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> um, we are grateful that you're here. We're grateful that we're back doing another rousing episode. Um, we have made it our mission to finish Metal Gear Solid today. And that is a commitment that we have to all of you. We are here in our comfiest clothes. We got a nice cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And we're just sitting up. <laughs> And focused. And, and focused. So, on, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, if this might be an hour long, it might be an hour and a half. But we're going to end Metal Gear Solid today. Because I think we, one, want to do other episodes. And I think we need to figure out a format that works with um explaining all of these concepts and theories in a concise-er way. Yeah, I, I think and I think this shows our hubris a little bit. Um, we thought that we could do an entire game in one episode. <laughs> in and an hour. In an hour. Now, if we, like, hypothetically, if we just wanted to, like, give you the cliff notes of the game with no real input and we're just listing off things, we could probably get it done in an episode. Yeah. But, you know, you could, like, look online for that sort of shit. And, and I, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Like, you could look online for that sort of shit and... You want to tune in to get like little tidbits of lore or like some insight that maybe you haven't thought of before, you know? And I and it's exactly why we started this, because like you just said, you can read this stuff. You can go on YouTube and watch a playthrough. But like we're hopefully coming with our own <laughs> like stupid point of views, our own little Tom's lore tidbits um, and our own takes. Yeah, I, I like to think of this uh, come to think of it now as almost like a book club. You know, oh, I love a good book club. Like you, you, you read like a spy thriller, and everybody meets, and you just talk about this spy thriller, and you're like, "Wow, you're a fan of this particular character, or you didn't see this particular plot twist happening, and mm-hmm. wow, how'd you feel when this happened?" I mean, on that note, and everybody who's done this so far, I cannot begin to express my love for you. The amount of like DMs of like, "Great job," or "Here's a question for next episode." Oh yeah, I I. I I love it. I like I genuinely have been so humbled by the amount of support that we have received completely, so far. Completely completely humbled. And I've I haven't been able to see that coming. I like I genuinely just started this as a way to just to fuck around, you know. Yeah, no no, like I feel like you and I like hanging out a lot, like too much. We like hanging out, we like talking about shit. And we were like, you know what? Let's we're already doing YouTube content. Like, let's, we want to talk a little bit more. <laughs> so let's do this podcast. Mm-hmm. And we've met some really cool people from it. Yeah. So this is better than we could have ever expected. And at the at the end of it, too, we don't claim to be experts. Like you said, that's the perfect summary. It's like a book club. Yeah. We just want to talk about Metal Gear. And I know that the title literally says Metal Gear University. But and we're that, students, that, too. Yeah, that... <laughs> It, it almost uh, it's almost like a false flag of like, oh, you're not experts. And look, t- 
to for for me, I'm speaking for myself. I feel like I know Metal Gear more than the average person. And I think that is fair to say I've been in this since I was a literal child. Mm-hmm. I like I've been following it all all these years. I've never walked away. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> I've never walked away. I've never walked away. <laughs> These songs has been controversies. No, it, no, it, it's just I have a, been here. It, like there's never been like a controversy. But like, you know, like sometimes there are fans that like, you know, that were in it when they were like a kid and oh, then they come back years later. Like me and Harry Potter. Yeah. Well <sighs> I had to walk away. I understand. Yeah. I I, I understand. But like what what I'm getting at is like I, I, I am not a walking encyclopedia, but I will say I probably know enough. I mean, I feel like Venegar University, the title was just like from our first episode, we said we're also students. We're here to learn together. We're here to discuss together. Yeah. You know, it's not like we're we're the teachers. We're, we're students. You're part of our cohort. Yeah. We're here with you. Um, and this is the place to go and get... <laughs> To, to talk about all the possibilities in this game. And like, for example, in the next couple of games, they're going to be long. It's going to be very dense. <laughs> and especially, and I'm not jumping the gun. I'm just going to mention that the next game is going to be Metal Gear Solid 2. And as just a little tidbit, it's 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 a very dense game. It's very deep and there's a lot of little things it's going like a, on. It's like an onion. You just keep peeling back the layers and it's just... and. Uh, Kay and I have been talking on how the hell do we even approach this? Because if we approach it the way we've done so far, it's going to be like a nine-part series. <laughs> it Like, I'm not even kidding. I, it might be like a nine-parter. I already have jokes set up because, like, it, that game is so... It's For folks who've never played it, it's a masterpiece. But it's it's going to take some work on our end to figure out, like you said, Tom, how to... Like we have to cipher it, break it down to, to bring it back to like the, the university metaphor. We, we, we really might have to think of like a lesson plan. I'm ready. I've done one before. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Okay. But with that, um, before we jump right back in, mm-hmm. how's the master collection been, Tom? It's been, it's been very well. I've been really enjoying myself. I'm on a quest to, uh, platinum every metal gear solid game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've been doing like a basic run through of all the games just to get like the basic ones like oh defeat sniper wolf yeah you know like the little ones okay um and then there's like little uh ones that are easy like get your uh your grip gauge to level three which is like (laughs) i'm not gonna delve into it but it's a very stupid and boring trophy to get but i'm just doing that shit and then i'm gonna do the challenging stuff later on uh so maybe speed run in the next year yeah yeah, no, I'm going to try um, to stream my uh, platinum attempts. That's cool. That'd be cool. Ooh, okay. Like, uh, I'll purposely leave some trophies for Twitch, and then I'll stream the attempts to get those. That's fun. We slowly went from variety streamers to horror Metal Gear streamers to, like, horror Metal Gear streamers. So Well, I'm just a really big Metal Gear fan. <laughs> I, I don't... Hey, what what are we doing right now? That's true. I mean, with that said, Baldur's Gate three is on oh my, my God. it's it's on the side, but I am like I in it, and that is definitely something that I'm going to return to. I can't. Okay, so Tom and I we've been like toying with the idea of a podcast for a while, and we did this because of like the collection and our love for the series. But again, like this is a limited series. Like we plan to have this end 
eventually, not anytime soon, but like it's going to be a short series. Yeah. But we've spoken. We would love to do a podcast in the future. Just a video game podcast. Oh, yeah. I, I would love to uh, sometime in the future. And this isn't anytime soon, like yeah. Kay said. Um, maybe just start a new podcast where we talk about video game or video game news. You just know, basic, basic invite shit. Invite our friends on and talk about their... Like, we already have topics lined up, but like this is a year, a year and a half from now, maybe. Even. Yeah. The, don't, you don't have to worry. Metal Gear <laughs> University isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. Um, okay, we're, thank we're, you. That we're, was reassuring to me. What? That was reassuring to me. I don't want this to go anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It. Our, our initial plan is to just cover the mainline canonical games and have like a couple of like cool fan theories or like a couple of 201 episodes that we feel that like would benefit old fans and new fans. Mm-hmm. And that's been the, the whole goal of this podcast. And we are only scratching the surface so far. Yeah. So only five episodes in, I think. So. We're, we're we got a ways to go. But um, I say we move forward. But before we move forward, I did want to say if I can self plug or self plug self self plug our own stuff. Yeah, self plug our own stuff. If you follow us on Twitch, we're doing a charity stream at the end of the month. So um, our Twitch link should be in our. Um, podcast description. You could find our socials there. We are doing a charity stream at the end of the month. So I did want to plug that. If you are someone who can donate or can just, you know, want to show some love during that charity stream. like Yeah. If you honestly, anytime that uh, we're streaming, if you, if you just want to stop by and say hi, like I get that. Um, I'm like this too. I, I always feel weird entering new social circles. So I understand, but I always welcome new people coming in. And if you just want to say, hey, nice job. I appreciate what you're doing. Or hey, do better. We'll we'll take it. Or yo, you suck. I'll be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) Um, So, but yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. And with that, are we ready to jump back in? Oh, yeah. I am 100% ready to jump back in. But before we even start, (laughs) don't think that I forgot about the pop quiz. I always, it's like when you go to class and you're like, don't, don't ask for the homework. Don't oh, ask oh, guess what? I, I am the kind of teacher that never forgets. Oh my God. Okay, cool. So mm-hmm. I have five questions pertaining to what happened thus far in Metal Gear Solid. Are you ready? No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Question number one. Who is the first member of Foxhound that Snake kills the first member of Foxhound that Snake kills has to be Psychomantis. Correct. That's the first. Because a, a common misconception, because you fight uh, Revolver Ocelot, but he lived. You fought Vulcan Raven, he lived. We got a cutscene that he lived. And then this one, you fought Psychomantis and like... The cutscene was him dying. Yeah, I mean, he's not even a member of Foxhound, but you fought Gray Fox and he lived. Yeah. So, so far, technically, Snake hasn't killed any bosses yet. Psychomantis was the first one. Okay, cool. Interesting. I just thought that that was an interesting little tidbit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So deep in the game, too. Yeah, right? It's, it's like uh, a little under halfway. Now, question number two. What was the company... That was working with Arms Tech to make Metal Gear. 
they were working on the the weapons, right? They weren't like I, I think. Oh, what did Otacon say? I believe it was Rivermore National Labs. What? I'm sorry. Repeat that. Rivermore. R- Rivermore what? National Labs. Correct. Is it R- Rivermore National Labs? Yeah. <gasps> you did it. Wow, that's off the wow. That was off. That was from my mind. <laughs> One point for Crystal. Question number three. True or false? The ninja is a clone of Gray Fox. I actually wrote this question and I thought it was pretty cool because the answer is false. Mm. The ninja is actually Gray Fox as in Dr. Clark and her team took his body from Zanzibar land. And brought it back to life, a la uh, Frankenstein, a la... What's that movie you said, Tom? Oh, Universal Soldier. Tom, show did me I, Did I mention that last podcast? You did not. Okay. To those who are listening, I am like 80% sure that Kojima mentioned this himself. But he, if he hasn't, I am 90% sure <laughs> that he at least got that inspiration for Gray Fox from the movie Universal Soldier. So what happens in that movie? Okay. The, the gist of Universal Soldier is that there was this soldier in Vietnam. And I'm not going to go into details because I, I don't want to spoil it. But Vietnam War. Soldier. Vietnam War. There was a soldier. He died. He died in Vietnam. He gets put on ice and he gets like reprogrammed to be a super soldier. And he gets sent in to do dangerous missions because, you know, he's already dead. Who cares? Then he catches a glimpse of a certain person that reminds him of an old memory back in Vietnam and it confuses him. And he's like, what, what's going on? Yeah, he's like, what is this? What am I thinking about? What is, what is bothering me? And then he goes rogue. Just, just like Gray Fox. No, you, Tom showed me the trailer and I was like, this is Gray Fox's story. Yeah. The trailer itself. It's like, literally Gray Fox's can we story. watch it later maybe? I would actually really like that. I haven't saw it since I was like a kid. I've never even heard of it. It has, um, is it's who's the actress? I, it's a uh, Jean Claude Van Damme and uh, Drogo the, and Drogo. I, f- yeah, I forget his name, but, but um, Drogo from Rocky. Yeah, yeah, he's he's in it too. That's no, I'm excited. Okay, so cool. But anyway, again, the question was true or false? Is the ninja a clone of Gray Fox? It's false. It's actually Gray Fox. It's his body that died in Zanzibar Land. Okay. Mm. Next question. Yes. Question number four. Uh huh. Tom. Uh huh. Where does Meryl get sniped? How rude. (laughs) Well, Meryl gets sniped. She got got at the base of the communication towers. You are correct. Yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) Last and final question. Okay. Last is the final. Anyway, last question. Yes. Question number five. Uh Name at least two things that have been similar to Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake. All right. Thus far in the game, uh, we could say that the ninja reveal that was a friend of yours from the previous game. So there was Black Ninja in Metal Gear 2 that was revealed to be Schneider, who helped you out in Metal Gear 1. Mm -hmm. In Metal Gear Solid, you have the Cyborg Ninja that was revealed to be Gray Fox in uh, in Metal Gear 2. The second example, 
I would say is the dot on the radar that Snake can use to track the whereabouts of the DARPA chief, where they both show up as, uh, I, you know, I think in Metal Gear 2, they show up as a red dot, and then in Metal Gear Solid, they show up as a green dot, but it's the same shit. I'll accept those. Correct. We will also accept, for those who are answering themselves, um, you have to meet your female companion in the women's bathroom. Oh, that's another good one. We will also accept having to disarm an electric floor with a remote-controlled missile. Mm-hmm. Um, we will accept those answers as well. If there's others you'd like to state, let us know. DM us. Put in a little podcast questionnaire. But that was the last question. We both did extremely well. As we should. <laughs> as we should. Well, yeah, what are we doing if we don't? Yo, I wrote look, these questions. Yeah. But then like on top of that, like I, I can understand getting one question wrong, but like imagine like we're the hosts and then like we're like supposed to be like, yeah, this is what happens. And we get every question wrong. <laughs> it's like, damn, man, what are we doing? Man. And with that, <laughs> we will get right back to the programming. Last time on Metal Gear Solid... Meryl was sniped, and Snake can't do anything about it. Now, he's told by uh, Otacon that there's a PSG-1, which is a type of sniper rifle. Oh, okay. All the way back in the... Ooh, I forgot the name of the first building was, but it was in the building where you met up with uh, the DARPA chief and the arms tech president. Which is a ways back. You got to go all the way back there. Question. Yes. Is there a way for you to get get the sniper rifle at the beginning of the game? No. Damn. Okay. But you go back and get it. You go all the way back and get it. You backtrack all the way to the beginning of the game. You get the sniper rifle. You go all the way back to fight Sniper Wolf. Only Meryl's not there anymore. Oh my gosh. She was bleeding out. She's bleeding out. There's a blood stain where she was laid out. Oh no. They took her. They took her. But Sniper Wolf is still there, so you got to do battle with her. Now, this battle, personally, I find very annoying. How come? I just, the the sniper mechanics in Metal Gear Solid 1 is very janky, in my uh, personal opinion. Fair. It's just that um, Snake's hands shake so hard and so frequently that it's so hard to aim the sniper rifle. Is there a way to stop the shaking? Yes, there is. There's a medication that Snake can do. Pentazamine? Pentazamine or diazepam? Diazepam, yeah, yeah. Um, And it stops his hands from shaking, which genuinely helps out a lot. And if you don't have any or if you run out, it is such a pain in the ass. (laughs) It, it, It is genuinely so irritating to fight Sniper Wolf if you run out of diazepam. But if you're good, like Snake... You defeat Sniper Wolf. Hooray! Now, it, it's a very basic sniper duel. She's at, all the way at the end of the communications tower. And it's just a shot for shot. Like, you shoot her, she runs to a different spot, shoots you. Yeah, it, it's genuinely a, a fairly basic battle. Okay. So you defeat Sniper Wolf, and you run all the way to the end of the tower. Thinking that, like, maybe you'll run over and then there'll be, like, a cutscene where you speak to Sniper Wolf. Or there'll be a scene where Meryl is at the end of the hallway. Yeah. Uh, You know, you go to the end and you get ambushed by a couple of guards and they're like, freeze. 
And who else appears? None other than Sniper Wolf herself. You didn't you didn't even kill her. It was a fucking <laughs> ploy. She played you and you got got. Yo, man, genius. She comes up to you and now you're captured. And you wind up in this room, right? It's some sort of like weird torture chamber. <laughs> and I, I mean, I guess it makes sense if it's like some sort of military black site that they would have a torture room. But it still rubs me the wrong way I that mean, there's a torture room at all. Because it was a civilian base. Maybe, maybe, maybe when Foxhound took over, they made this room real quick. Like, we need a torture room. and like We need a torture room. <laughs> Ocelot, <laughs> get on it. Well, I didn't know his voice. <laughs> on it, boss. Yeah, that's a bad one. I don't know. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> he does it. He, I feel like it was him because I feel like Liquid isn't getting his hands dirty. He's he's keeping his hands clean for no, his, um, his Liquid's hands is like well very, lotion. very moisturized. He uses lotion. I feel like he doesn't use lotion. He uses a lot of skincare. <laughs> his hair. With that hair. Like he, oh, his hair is magnificent. Like you, he has to do skincare. Um, but like. Definitely Ocelot built this room. It's a torture. I mean, it would make sense, too, because Ocelot is the torturer. He is the torturer slash interrogator. You know, so there's this torture room. So the, it cuts to Snake on this, like, apparatus. He's, like, strapped in. He's also shirtless. They yeah. took his shirt off. You know, they just want to see what he's got working with, you know? <laughs> they took his shirt off. And he's there. And it's this, like, heavy lore dump cutscene, right? Yeah, big exposition is laid on you. Uh, it is officially confirmed. That Liquid and Snake are brothers. <gasps> I know. Snake, Snake got a little family. Oh, this is cute. Maybe you think we'll be okay after this. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> um, so they're brothers. Um, the team Foxhound, they admit that they don't know who the ninja is. Yeah, the, the ninja is like a mysterious third party that no one knows. Which is cool because at this point, you assume it's part of Foxhound. Yeah. So they're like, who, the, who is this ninja running around? So they're like... Kind of nervous. They're also nervous because they don't know what killed Baker and Decoy Octopus, right? Yeah. They mention that Baker died mysteriously. And I like it, it seems that Decoy Octopus is already dead. Yeah, that was another member of Fox Hunt, but we don't know. We, we never even met him at this point. Hmm. Or have we? I don't know. Okay. So he's dead. They're dead. They also mentioned this project that was called... Les enfants terribles. And do they go into it? No, not really. But they mentioned this project. So it's just, again, they give you some answers and they throw just more stuff at you. Um, but at this point, of course, you call your so supportive team, Colonel and Naomi, and they know stuff. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 Snake basically says, hey, did you know, like, all this secret, super secret weapon shit this whole time? And Colonel is more or less saying to you, yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I... I'm sorry, Snake. He always says, I'm sorry, after holding so much back from you. Um, I will say, he sounds much more remorseful than Naomi does. Yeah. Naomi, it, it to me, it doesn't seem like Colonel and Naomi are on the same page. I, from, from what I gather, I feel like Colonel is like a friend of Snake's that has their arm twisted behind his back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And with Naomi, I, I almost feel like she's kind of like reveling in it, you know? Yeah. There's a part of her that's like here and it's purposely hiding stuff, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so again, I mean, snakes real only true support. I would say is like 
Otacon at this point. And Otacon's just been recently added to the team. Yeah, I would or say. Or Master Miller. Master Miller is good. But it, the only downside with Master Miller is that they're, they, there's a, a distance. Like, they're not on the base. Otacon has the significant advantage of being there. Yeah. You know? So, you know, Snake is listening to all of this and he's on this torture device. And the next point of the game is actually surviving a torture sequence. Yep. Ocelot gets on you about like, what's the power key? What's the secret behind using the keys? Apparently there's a secret. Uh, He gets on Snake going like, uh, where are the other two keys? You only have the one. And Snake's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, man. And then he electrocutes Snake. And you, you need to rapidly hit circle <laughs> in order to survive this. And this is like, honestly, pretty difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> now, I feel like this is needed to be stated. This is a point in the game where you can get one of two endings. Now, as we said earlier in our intro, we're sticking to the canonical side. Mm-hmm. So basically, the the endings depend whether or not you submit to the torture. So not die during it. There's a button for you to press during this little uh, moment where you can give in. Yeah, you could just say you win. And Ocelot will instead interrogate Meryl. Now, that is the non-canonical ending. Personally speaking, I think it's the better ending. But that's for another day. Um, The canonical ending is snake is resilient and he holds he holds it together and he doesn't give into the torture and mind you there's not only one a moment of torturing there's two torture sequences yeah there's two now at the end of the sequence uh snake calls uh campbell and naomi and he tells naomi that my arm hurts which is a cute little reference because you've been mashing this button for so long that that's actually arm, really cute your arm hurts wow okay and uh, Naomi says, put the controller on your arm and the controller vibrates <laughs> to, to massage your muscle. That's uh, Isn't that, it, it's like a cute little thing, right? It's cute. It's actually kind of cute. Um, and this is a moment, not only where he's kind of getting that physical <laughs> support, but this is also a moment of like emotional support, like snake, whether he's just drained from the torture sequence and he's very vulnerable right now. He opens up to Naomi about his life. Mm-hmm. He opens up about, um, you know, Naomi again is kind of persisting. Like, do you have any friends or family? And Snake's like, you know, I don't have any women in my life, but I have two good friends, Colonel and Gray Fox. And this is a part I love because Colonel's like, you still consider me a friend after all of this? Like, Colonel's like, wow. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you still consider me a friend? Um... But then also, Snake opens up and says, in this cutscene, that Big Boss is his father. Which is a bomb. For us, as the players. Because this is the first time it's ever been mentioned. Snake says that Big Boss brought this up during their final encounter. Now, you can go back and play Metal Gear 2, or you can go back and listen to our episode on Metal Gear 2. And even listen to our episode of Metal Gear 1, where he fights him the first time. Mm-hmm. It's never been stated. We even, Tom and I spoke separately about Snake's Revenge, or um, what's the other NES port? It was... Oh, the, yeah, the NES port from Metal Gear. So, like, we 
we Tom and I were like, okay, maybe this is a situation where like the English ports um, had that little cutscene. No, no. It this is, to my knowledge, one of the first retcons in the series. Um, I th- there's there's other ones in, that go into like Big Boss's origin, but we're not going into that right now. Yeah. Um, as of right now, this is like the first major ish retcon. So just pretend that during that final encounter. It was like that uh, the Empire Strikes Back moment with Darth Vader <laughs> and Luke, where it's like, Snake, I am your father. Um, and it, I, it's interesting, right? Because I feel like, you know, there are people, because you have a different, ki- um, different kinds of players so far in this series. You have people who probably never played any Metal Gear game and just played Solid. So that reveal is probably not that big to them. Yeah. But there's people who probably played Metal Gear... And or Metal Gear 2. And they're like, when the hell did that happen? Yeah, no, I would honestly love to talk to a a fan that has been around since the beginning. Because for me, I've only been around since Solid. So when Snake revealed that Big Boss was his father, I mean, from my perspective, Big Boss is just this character that is just spoken about off screen. Mm -hmm. So the reveal that that's his father isn't really like a big shock. You know, if anyone is listening who was playing Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2 when they came up, let us know how you felt about that reveal. We yeah, I would I would love to hear about it. But, um, you know, for us, as as me, someone who played Metal Gear Solid, uh, I mean, who I've seen a couple years ago, but like more recently than you, Tom, that was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. like Snake has a family. Because at this point, Snake had this story of he had nobody around him. He was raised by different people. And then now Liquid's his brother. Big Boss is his father. It's like his whole family tree being unraveled. Yeah. And maybe that is some sort of like opening up a can of worms for Snake. Because it's like he has this narrative of not having a family. And then it's suddenly revealed that he has one. And it's like the most horrible, dysfunctional thing you've ever seen. And... Maybe that gives you a window to be like, uh, maybe Snake just wanted to be alone. <laughs> maybe you know? he had a reason. I mean, it's funny, right? Because he kind of had like his chosen family in a sense or like his friends with mm-hmm. Gray Fox and like um, Schneider. Like he had these friends who wound up in a sense betraying him, mm-hmm. you know? So he had people he picked who betrayed him. Now he has this family that he didn't choose who mm-hmm. also betrayed him. So it's like. Yeah. Maybe maybe the the his his um his dogs in Alaska. Maybe that was the safest option for him. Yeah, his dogs are gonna run away. <laughs> no, them <laughs> too. He's gonna go back to that cabin. It's just gonna be empty. <laughs> they wrote a note. They wrote a note. I feel like <laughs> a Paul Print. <laughs> it's just a Paul Print as a signature. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe Snake. I don't want to say he got bad vibes, but. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, there's something to him. Maybe he smells bad or something. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, we're laughing during this man's most vulnerable time. Yeah. Well, uh, it's the best thing to do in, tra- in, in traumatic moments. Just, just got to laugh about it, man. <laughs> He's got to laugh about it. Speaking about more traumatic moments, um, Naomi also opens up about her life. And she states how she actually went into genetics to understand where she came from. Mm-hmm. Because um, she, she has really no family either yeah right yeah she mentioned that she i believe she was in like mozambique and like in the like rhodesia area 
but she doesn't know anything about like her family or her genetic history. So she got into genetics to learn about that. Mm-hmm. And it, you just find out that she's just alone. Um, like she said, like the genetics didn't explain anything. Like it wasn't enough for her to. Yeah. It's ease. just, it's just like a, I don't know, like a building block, but she, at the end of it, she just, she's just in the same spot where she began. So snake is just sitting in this cell. He looks to his left and he happens to see a rotting corpse. <laughs> After the code call, you know, he's like, oh my God. <laughs> and it's like flies. It's like it, buzzing. Like, it's it, been there for days. If you look up close, you could actually see maggots too. Oh my God. And it's been there for days, apparently. Yes. It looks like it. Yeah. And this is the rotting corpse of the DARPA chief. So Snake brings this up and he's like, hey, uh, there's a rotting corpse of the DARPA chief in the cell with me and they're like what do you mean rotting he died like an hour or two ago right and he's like yeah no it he smells like he's been dead for days no he's been there he's this is a advanced deterioration so they're like that's impossible there's no way he would have this level of decomposition mm-hmm. they said uh snake also mentioned that his blood has been drained okay so like they're like what the hell is that and then <laughs> They, they basically, the whole cast is just basically like, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> just move on. Just keep going. Just keep going. Move forward. At this point, though, thankfully, your main man, my main man, Atacon, mm. he runs up on your little cell that you're in. And he has his little invisibility, um, little tech. So he reveals himself and he's like, I'm going to get you out of here. Um, we're going we're gonna to get you out. Here's some Here's some food. Um, to help you out. He gives him a ration and a bottle of ketchup. Snake is like, get me the fuck out of here. What are you doing? And he's, you're going to have to kill the guard and take the keys to get me out. And Alakon's like, do you want me to die? (laughs) You're the soldier. Like, I am a little nerd, okay? (laughs) I am not taking down a genetically advanced super soldier. It's not happening. (laughs) Here's some ketchup. (laughs) <laughs> That's the best I could do, man. <laughs> Figure it out. And you know what Snake does? He he lathers that ketchup all over himself like it's sunscreen, and he lies on the floor, and it looks like a big old bloody mess. Now, this particular soldier, who, by the way, was the same soldier that Meryl beat up when she escaped herself. How do you know that? Oh, because he mentions earlier, um, if you listen to his patrol, he's like, he sneezes because his was, clothes his clothes were taken for a cold. while. And then he was like, that witch, she took my clothes. Wow. So it's the same guy. Wow. They really were smart having this guy. Um, it's almost like they wanted Snake to escape. Yeah. So they have this guy patrolling. He walks in because, of course, he sees Snake on the ground with what looks to be blood. Mm-hmm. And then Snake. Snake <laughs> does what Snake does. All <laughs> lathered up in ketchup. He knocks out this particular guard and escapes. So much for, like, um, genetically enhanced soldiers. Well, this particular soldier is uniquely inept at his job. Yeah, something's up with him. He's <laughs> maybe, uniquely inept. Maybe he missed the nanomachines. I don't know. Maybe maybe he missed something. <laughs> so you escape. Thank God. Um, and at this point, I think, Tom, you're backtracking to the communication tower. Yeah, you pretty much have to go all the way back again. You're, <laughs> where this torture room was is... Already pretty close to where you got the sniper rifle. So you can get an idea that we are quite a ways oh, away. They again. You, they brought you back. Okay. 
So you make your way all the way back to the communications tower and you see the blood stain that Mero left behind. They didn't clean it up, which is, you know, I guess. Why would they? I guess they don't care. But I mean, that probably the hallway that you found Otacon in. Oh, that's probably not even. You know, so it's just they don't. I mean, that's the least of their worries. I guess. They're waiting for a billion dollars. They don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll clean up once we get a billion dollars. <laughs> we'll get the best cleaning service money can buy. <laughs> so you go back to where Meryl is. Uh, well, where she was, and the bloodstain is there, of course. Um, and again, you call your team, and you're like, it's this whole kind of conversation of just like, Snake just really feeling sad about what's going on. Yeah, he doesn't... He, he doesn't feel good. <laughs> he doesn't feel great. Like, he, he really feels like he let Colonel down, he let Meryl down, and he feels like he's failed. And he Snake's having like a real sad boy moment. Yeah. And all of a sudden... Miller cuts in and Miller's like, you're not going to do this, Snake. This path leads to madness. Believe me. You you got to move forward. Yeah. Don't worry about your... Like, yeah, I love that. Thinking about your past is going to lead you to madness. Keep moving forward. And Snake's like, great advice, Miller. Thank you. I will put it deep down and I'll never bring it up again. <laughs> <laughs> um, They also... uh, they, they try to like lighten up the mood colonel mentions that uh naomi had a grandfather that worked for the fbi yeah it's like this awkward segue right? yeah we when we were taking notes we played this conversation (laughs) i i feel like we must have played this conversation like 10 times because we were like is this just like an awkward segue is this because everybody like Go back to that cutscene, or like, um, if you don't remember, for those who do, it's you know, it's literally a conversation about Marrow and like again, like Snake failed her and his feelings, and then it just pivots so honestly, so abruptly that we had to pause it. We were like, "What?" Yeah, and I honestly, and I could be wrong, but you know, eighty percent of the time I'm right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. hear me out. I genuinely feel that it was just clumsy writing. And I know, sacrilege, Kojima is perfect. But hear me out, okay? Everybody makes mistakes, and this, it just feels like... It that, felt forced. Yeah, it felt a little ham-fisted to get this particular nugget in. But okay. in any case, Colonel brings up that Naomi's grandfather worked for the FBI. That they were a Japanese FBI agent working for... J. Edgar Hoover's FBI in New York trying to fight the mafia. And Miller's like, really? You did that? I thought you said you had no family. And Naomi was like, well, you you see, uh, I already found, I only found out about it only after he died. So it's not like I met him ever. And they were just like, oh, okay. Okay, interesting. Hmm. And then everyone hangs up. Yeah, more or less. Cool. Interesting conversation. So Snake presses forward. He's finally, after all of this time, after all of this backtracking, he can go into the communications towers. He enters, and his clumsy ass <laughs> gets seen by a surveillance camera, like, immediately. This man, okay, anyway. He runs up, 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 all the way to the top of this communications tower, fighting all these guards along the way. And he makes it all the way to the roof. And then once he reaches the roof, 
Who does he run into? The fucking liquid. In the hind D. It's like, motherfucker. Brother. Brother. <laughs> and so Liquid's just in the hind D and like begins trying to shoot you. Yeah, he, he shoots you. There's missiles. There's no way Snake could fight this thing. So the only way Snake can get out of this situation is to, he picks up a rope in the previous segment. He's, it's like a random item you pick up. You get a rope. And you rappel down the other side of the communications tower. Oh, wait. Because, of course, Liquid can't come around and shoot Snake at you. Or, at the very least, shoot the rope. <laughs> but He rappels down. He rappels all the... Well, not all the way down. About halfway down to, like, a platform in, like, the midway point. Mm-hmm. Makes his way to the second communications tower. So it's another communication tower. Yeah, there, there's two of them. Now, there's nobody in this second tower, thankfully. So... He tries to get to the base level by pushing the elevator, but it's not working. He's like, huh, not working. How is Snake going to fight Metal Gear in the underground maintenance base if this fucking elevator isn't working? So he's just standing there going like, what the fuck do I do? (laughs) And then he hears a noise. He turns the corner and he ambushes Otacon. Yay! Aww. I, I love that Otacon is surviving all this mayhem, too. The invisibility tech he has is really working for him. Yeah. No, I think he would have been completely dead if it wasn't for that. <laughs> so, Otacon said pretty much he's been following Snake. And he was like, wow, you're, like, really cool. <laughs> you're, like, you're, like, a fucking crazy cool guy. How are you doing this? And he says that he came all this way to ask a question. Snake's like, what? 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 What's the question? And Otacon asks, do you want to say it? Snake, do you think love can bloom on a battlefield? Did I say it correctly? Yeah, that's the, that's the line. That is the most infamous line from this series. And then Snake, mind you, Snake doesn't even question. He he answers he answers it without <laughs> hesitation. This friendship is real. But he, yeah, he answers it, right? And he's like, yeah, I believe that anyone, anywhere, at any time can fall in love with each other. And they just make eye contact and look at each other for a second. So it's a beat of silence. It's just a beat of silence. And then all the fan theories. You can hear them stewing in the all, back. All the, you hear this? That That's the keyboards typing. That's the fan fictions that have, <laughs> have been written since that moment. But Snake laments that if you love someone, you have to be able to protect them. He's obviously thinking of Meryl. about of Meryl. Yeah. So they have like this sweet little moment together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snake mentions that you got to make this elevator move. You're an engineer, right? You could probably make this elevator move. And Anakin's like, yeah, if it's a mechanism thing, I could probably get it to work. Probably turn it off and turn it back on. <laughs> yeah, just reset it. Reset the router, you know? <laughs> and Anakin's like, what are you going to do? And Snake is all, I'm just going to go fight this helicopter real quick. Like a sane person. Mm-hmm. Snake goes up to the top floor of this communications tower. Tower two. Picks up a Stinger missile launcher. That happened to be there. It just happens to be there. Don't question it. And he does battle with this Hind D. Much like the Hind D battle that you fight in Metal Gear 2. But this time your brother's in it. Brother! And you fight him. It's just you against this helicopter. How hard is that fight? 
it, it's a little tricky. It's not the hardest boss in the game, but it's uh, it's a good mid-game boss, you know? A, a funny little tidbit, and this is pretty uh, a, a fun little thing to say. If you call the colonel during this fight, he'll say, hey, uh, use the stereo speakers on your TV to figure out which direction the hind is coming from. That's cool. Hey guys, Future Tom here. Now, the following conversation, we mixed up the definitions between stereo and mono televisions up so much that it would just confuse everyone involved. So I'm just going to summarize it again. You can call the colonel and he'll advise you to use the stereo speakers on your TV to locate where the hind is coming from. So you'll be able to locate it if it's on the left or the right. However, if Snake has a mono television, the support team will kind of make fun of Snake for having such a poor television because the sound will only be able to come out through one speaker, not a surround sound type-ish environment. Okay, that's pretty much it. But I, I hope that covers the basis of it. Okay, anyway, back to the podcast. Bye. Uh, I think that that codec might be uh, a YouTube-only thing. Or maybe if you uh, have original hardware and you have a CRT, you can still get it. But um, anyway, I'm getting in the weeds here. No, that's here. cool. And it's cool because you can also call like other people during this fight, right? That's oh, for help. Oh, yeah. No, this game, I mean, we, we don't really talk about them enough. But you can call Miller. You can call Nastasha. You can call Otacon, and they give you all little tidbits that you could use to help in this fight. It's really neat. So during this fight, you probably call, like, Colonel, Naomi. Does Miller help you during this fight? Uh, For some reason, Miller doesn't answer. Damn, you'd think he want to help at this point. You'd think he would. Maybe, you know, like, he's not uh in the mission proper. He could be just, like, in the, in the bathroom or something, you know. Yeah, what a... Anyway. Okay. <laughs> you, you do battle with this helicopter. Mm-hmm. And... You fire a bunch of stinger missiles at it, and eventually the helicopter goes down. And Liquid is like, Snake! So honestly, I would assume he's dead. He falls in the helicopter. And it, it, it fucking explodes. <laughs> and <laughs> but that's not enough for our for our game, so I will hold my breath. <laughs> yeah. We, we need to see a body. <laughs> so he falls, and you're like, great. And then, perfect timing... The elevator's here. Elevator's fixed. Oh, right. And Otacon says, yeah, it's fixed. But the weird thing is, I didn't even really do anything. It just started working. And Snake is like, okay, well, it's working though, right? And Otacon's like, yeah, it's working. Go for it. So Snake moseys on over to this elevator, gets in, and then the weight limit sign goes off. Damn. And he's like, huh. Snake's a big boy. I guess he gained a lot of weight during that fight. It's all muscle. It's all muscle, baby. So he calls Otacon. On his way down, you know, the, the, the elevator's working more or less. So they're talking and they're basically like, hey, did the weight limit sign go off for you too, Otacon? And Otacon's like, yeah. And they're like, oh, that's weird. And he's like, Otacon, how, how much do you weigh? Otacon's like, I'm 100 and something. I think he says he's 135. That is the That man is so thin. He needs help. Like, honestly, like. Because I feel like he's like tall. He's like five. He looks to be above 5'5". Five, five. Yeah, I, I would say he's probably like average height. To be one thirty, and he's a skinny. He's a skinny, skinny man. He's a skinny man. So, um, but a weight limit one thirty off in an elevator—that's weird. Yeah, and Otacon's like, wait a minute. I was gonna go get uh, extra stealth suits to give to you, Snake, and when I went back, there were none there. 
And Snake's like, what do you mean? And Hanakan's like, oh my god, Snake, they're in there with you. <laughs> they're in the elevator, get out! But you're already in the elevator, you, you've been talking to him while you're on it, it's been moving. And then, four soldiers appear. That are invisible. I like to think they were just hiding in the wall. They're just like, <laughs> like not breathing, just in each corner, like... Oh my god! Like, you- <laughs> the weight limit. Yo, they when they heard the conversation about the weight limit, I know they were sweating. <laughs> I know they were like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> oh god, he's onto us, boys. And then once Otakon was like, "They're in there with you," they're like, "Fuck!" Now we gotta fight him. <laughs> now he knows we should have ambushed him a second ago. <laughs> and Snake fights these invisible soldiers in the elevator, and this is another little callback callback to Metal Gear Two. Where you fight, I think they're called the Four Horsemen, right? Yes. You see, I always get confused with Dark Souls because um, I think about oh, the, 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 the Four the, Kings. The Four Kings, yeah. Yeah, I always get this confused. But yeah, you fight the Four Horsemen in the elevator. Um, and the one in Metal Gear 2, they were kind of on the ceiling, right? Like, yeah, the, I, like you had to shoot stuff up. Yeah, they, they weren't in the, the elevator proper, if I remember correctly. This one, they're in the elevator with you. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like... I think we said this in the last one. It's just like Captain America in that one scene where he's fighting everybody in the elevator. So Snake obviously wins. The, the at the end of the day, these are just scrubs. Yeah, who cares? I mean, good idea though. They 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 were they, thinking that was the, the nano machines. They were the smartest soldiers in that base. I will give them that. They were just they weren't quick enough. They weren't no. They weren't a match for Otacon and his like adeptness. Mm-hmm. But um, if they were a second earlier, they could have definitely just jumped him. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so you fight and defeat them. Cool. And you make it down to the, the bottom of the communications tower. Yeah. You're good. And then you enter this snowfield. And at the other end of the snowfield is the entrance to Metal Gear's maintenance space. We're fucking there. We're right there. Yo. Back to back to back fights. It, it, it is literally like the, the, the latter half of this game is... Action sequence, action sequence, action sequence. And talking about action sequence, another one. Another one. Snake gets shot. In the snowfield. In the snowfield. By none other than Sniper Wolf. Again. She, again. Man. In our notes, we put Sniper Wolf 2. I mean, it is (laughs) the second fight. fight. Now, Snake calls Otacon and he's like, yo, were there any other stealth camos? And Otacon's like, no. And he's like, that means... Someone can snipe me, even in this storm. And then, for some reason, Sniper Wolf just has Snake's number. She just calls him. <laughs> and she's like, Snake, I see you. I mean, she's all about catching her prey. So, I, you know, I feel like she's also not only a sniper, but, um, she, like, you know, she she is, oh, what is it called? Like, she, she would get all the information about her prey. Yeah. So, codec number, location... Like, you know what I mean? She would get, I bet you she knew information about Snake. Like, she would get all all the intel she can. Oh, yeah. She, she She's like a pro hunter. Yeah. You know? There we go. Yeah. Otacon doesn't want you to kill Sniper Wolf. Otacon's like pleading with you. He's like, don't, don't hurt her, Snake. Okay. Why does he have this feeling for her? Well, because when Otacon was taken captured, they were going to shoot all the dogs. And Sniper Wolf stopped that. And ever since that moment, Otacon really had the feelings for Sniper Wolf. But she shot Marrow. Did he not know about that? Yeah, he does. But the dogs. But the dogs. She must be a good person. That's what he literally says that. 
She does. She likes dogs. She must be a good person. <laughs> that's the. <laughs> that's the gradient. That's the great. That's the only it, thing. That's the only hurdle you have to skip over to be a saint in Otacon's eyes. <laughs> so he doesn't want you to kill her, but um, you're in battle with her. She's trying to kill you. Yeah. So it's another sniper duel. Now I, I have reservations with this second one along with the first one. This one you can cheese though, right? I remember seeing. I, ever since I figured out this cheese, I have only cheesed this fight. What is it? Okay, well, first of all, let me tell you the proper way to fight her. Mm-hmm. Once again, it's a sniper duel between you and Sniper Wolf. You have to combine it with uh, Diazepan, time right with like sniping her when she reveals herself. This time around, it's a huge area. Okay. And she, it, it's a very wide area where she could be hiding. And it makes this fight a lot harder than the previous one. However, you can go all the way to the right. When you enter, like mentally think, when you enter this room, to the bottom right-hand corner, there's a area where Snake can more or less stand and be unharmed by shots by Sniper Wolf. Because there's like a cliffside. That okay. snake can stand behind. You could take out your Nikita missile launcher. The remote controlled one? Yeah. And just fire it. And you could just cheese her with these missiles. I have, I have this image of her running and you have a little slow moving missile behind her. That's literally what it is. It's very funny to look at. <laughs> Does she see the missile coming and she has to run? Or? No, she doesn't. I don't even think that the devs programmed her to even register that there's a missile there. <laughs> I, I, I think that they thought you that would. no one would do it. Yeah, well, here here goes Tom. <laughs> hey, much like Dark Souls, if I see an opportunity, I'm taking oh it. Oh my god, you and Manus? Honor be damned. I don't care. Yeah, there's a there's a Manus cheese. It, we're we're getting way off topic. It's a real quick, real quick fill with Dark Souls. And the first Dark Souls, Manus, there's this um boss that you can see his character. Um like you you're kind of like on a cliff. You look down into this dark little area and you see red glowing eyes and that's the boss he's like all the way down at the bottom of the map mm-hmm. what you can do is get arrows and shoot that you can like shoot it a certain way that it hits that character um and it hits his health bar his health bar is active yeah so you can defeat him from the cliffside before you enter the fight how many arrows does it cost though about like three to four hundred three to four hundred look if at that point in the game it's pretty late game that's that. Those are small potatoes. Okay, you could, and the souls that you get for defeating Manus that way is more than enough to replenish the souls that you spent to get those arrows. I beat that man fair and swear, fair and swear. You know, good for you. It was actually a really fun. Boss I, fight. Yeah, I, 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 I bet. I be- <laughs> no, I, I've, I've beaten Manus fair and square before. He is like that down B Donkey Kong <laughs> Smash Brothers move. That's my favorite. But look. <laughs> Especially with a game like Dark Souls or Elden Ring or any any game that FromSoft makes. If there is an opportunity, I am taking it. <laughs> I play the game, damn it. Look, that those games take every opportunity to fuck with you. So if I could take an opportunity to fuck back, <laughs> I'm taking it every time. I, I do not care. I, we got really sidetracked. Where Dark, are we? Dark Souls is fantastic. We're talking about the sniper wolf fight. You should Sni- remember the missile. Yes. Okay, and then you could defeat her that way. You could defeat her with the Nikita missiles. Um, <laughs> my way. That's the preferred way. The preferred that's way. The, that's the pro shit. That's, that's, um, that's Cannon Solid Snake. Cannon Solid Snake. I, 
He's like missing the feeder. So, but, um, he defeats Sniper Wolf and he go he goes over. Sniper Wolf is not dead yet. But no, like he he like defeated her. Like she's he, dying. Yeah, she's dying. She's she says herself that she's lung shot and she she doesn't have long left. Jeez. She opens up about how she had a rough life and a lot of a lot of the bosses here have very traumatized pasts. It's very much you feel like victims of war. They themselves experience some kind of war environment, grew up in it, and then kind of came back to it as a perpetrator. Yeah. So this kind of like victim to perpetrator pipeline is very much the story for a lot of these yeah bosses. So she opens up on how she's Kurdish. And I don't know the details of the Kurdish people, but I know that they uh, were and still are a like stateless persecuted people. Mm-hmm. I believe they're in like the Iraq, Iran area. Mm-hmm. She grew up in a war torn environment where every day she would wake up and there would be new people that were part of her family that were dead. And it traumatized her. She was thinking to herself that this is my life. This is it. Like, slowly but surely, she was becoming the last one of her family alive. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, but she she was like, I didn't know what was going to happen until he came. She calls him Saladin. Now, I believe she calls him Saladin because he Saladin was, like, a famous general. Future Tom, do you want to add a little tidbit? Yes, please, Future Tom, add a tidbit for Saladin. So Saladin was a Turkish general during the Crusades. He was like a hero in the uh, Muslim army delegation. So I guess Sniper Wolf was just comparing him to a famous general in a sense. That's that's pretty much it. Thank, thank you. Thank you. So Big Boss came and picked her up when she was a child. Yeah. So it's safe to assume that she could have been one of the child soldiers no actually no no that's not possible it's but 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 it, it we have already that notion like big boss had children who were refugees of wars on his base in metal gear 2 we're told it was the same on metal gear yeah so he already had this precedent of like taking the kids from those wars yeah and she so, called him saladin yeah but- Sni- sniper wolf is probably one of the first that big boss took in he took in that child and gave her a sniper rifle. Mm-hmm. And she made this her entire life. And she she's just looking back on how everything led up to this point of her dying at the hands of Solid Snake. And she says that now I'm bleeding out like a dog. And Snake is like, no, you're proud. You're you're a wolf. And sadly, too, I think about like that that mention of being a wolf. Also, you think about a lone wolf. She's also alone. Mm-hmm. Like, she, I mean, I think there is some comfort that Snake always provides this comfort to people who he's killed at the last moment of their lives. Yeah, he he's provided this comfort, but in a sense, she is alone. You know, like she's 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 di- Her worst fear is here. She's dying by herself, no family, no nothing. Um. But Snake, you know, this is best to give her comfort. Yeah. Otacon also shows up and he's just like, shit, my my girlfriend who's not my girlfriend is dying. I feel like he has his little uh, little monologue too, no, right? Doesn't he like cry a little bit? He he cries and she asks Otacon to give him her sniper rifle. 
so she could die holding it. So Otacon obliges, and she looks to Snake, and she's like, okay, hero, set me free. And Otacon turns away, and he's like, closing his eyes and covering his ears, and Snake just pulls that trigger. It's it, and this scene, uh, this particular cutscene is one of the cutscenes that fans of the series brings up. Like this is like one of the top scenes in Metal Gear. Yeah, it's you go to any game, uh, like any full playthrough, and you see what's the most replayed, and it's usually this cutscene. Um, I forgot her name, forgive me. I think her first name is Tasia, but the voice actress does a great job with this scene. Like, it's just this really, like, you feel the, like, the anguish that Sniper Wolf has. It's this real, it, it's a really touching moment. I'm yeah. getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, she recently on Twitter did a, uh, not a retelling, but um, she did like a, a redubbing? A redubbing of that scene for like, you know, the Master Collection release. Um, and she still got it. Like it's it's she's fantastic. Um, but Sniper Wolf, that's 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 how she comes to an end. And Snake more or less makes his way to the uh, Metal Gear maintenance base. But as he's walking away, Otacon turns to him and he's like, "What are you fighting for? What am I fighting for? What are we all fighting for?" And it, there's like this sick fucking shot of Snake, and he just turns around, <laughs> and then you think he's going to say something profound. And he just says, if we make it through this, I'll tell you. And there's this shot of Otacon as well. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> that was pretty funny. He's like, it was kind of cinematic. And it was just like, okay. <laughs> I'll keep searching too. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it for Sniper Wolf. We see her body. We, we hear the shot. Like So, so, so far, it's Psycho Mantis and Sniper Wolf. They're uh, done. They're done, so yeah. They're and done. liquid question mark. Anyway, <laughs> so what is your goal now, Tom? You have to go to Metal Gear, which mm-hmm. is through the maintenance base. So also, if you're playing on the old school PS One, this is the part where you switch discs. <laughs> Ooh, I I like that. Uh huh. Um. Also, also, if you're playing on the Master Collection. I really enjoyed this little tidbit. Once you get to this area, they make like a cute little animation of discs going from disc one to disc two. Oh, really? It's this cute little animation. I I, I thought it was cute. Oh, I got to check it out. But um, you go all the way into Metal Gear's underground maintenance space and you enter in like this huge blast furnace area. There's molten steel everywhere. Ooh. You sneak through that. You go down this huge ass elevator. You're just because you're just going to Metal Gear now, right? Yeah. Okay. You go down to this huge ass elevator. It's like this huge cargo elevator. And you go down two of them. And then once you get down to the second one, you enter in this, like, it looks like a freezer. And you call people and it's like... Oh, like like a permafrost, right? A permafrost zone. When you reach this area, you get a call from Miller. My favorite. And he's like, hey, I've been looking into Naomi's background about her grandfather working for the FBI... It makes no sense. And Snake's like, what, what What? the fuck are you talking about? And Miller's like, well, here's the thing. J. Edgar Hoover was a massive racist. First off, he would never have had a Japanese man 
and high ranks um, of his team. Mm-hmm. So strike one. And strike two, the mafia operations that they were doing were in Chicago, not New York. So those two strikes don't need three. Naomi has to be a Naomi's spy. Naomi's got to be lying. She has to be the spy. That's why she's been so shifty this entire game. Snake's like, what? What are you talking about? And and at this point in time, Miller's just like, look, just keep this between you and me, all right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to look into it further. But we'll we'll look into it later. Yeah, but he's like, just keep your, keep your eye on her. Be careful. So Snake <laughs> enters. <laughs> Has to keep moving, I mean, right? you got to keep going, right? Snake Snake enters this, like, gigantic, it looks like a cargo room. Yeah, it's like a frozen cargo room. And this is where he meets none other than Vulcan Raven. Again. Again. We didn't see his body, so that that's the that's the real kicker of any anything. If you don't see the body dead, that's it. Mm-hmm. No, but even then you see some anyway. This fight has you pitted against a huge muscle man with a big, big gun and a very spiritual brain. <laughs> No, he's very... I, I love it. Because I think he is native, right? He's Native American? Yeah, I think he's Alaskan Inuit. Um, that's that's so cool because he like he really lends that when, when he's speaking. Um, but as a very terrible pivot, his character design reminds me of Dingle Dial and Crash Bandicoot. Because, yeah, Dingle Dial has a very similar weapon design where I... I they hold it the same way. Yeah, and he has like a big tank on the back like Raven does. Dingle Dials and Crash Bandicoot Crash Bandicoot is just, like, seared into my brain. That game was my first Dark Souls. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, they both have... It's just this massive character with this gun that they're holding a very specific way with, like, you know, the backpack full of, like, whatever gear or fuel. Um, so every time I see Vulcan Raven, I love him, but I'm like, that's, that's legal dial. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> i sorry. <laughs> You're fine. So you, you fight Raven, but you can't fight him head on. It's, it's like a death sentence if you try. So the strategy with this fight is to place like C4 or mines and detonate them while you're hiding behind the corner and shit. You could okay. also use the Nikita missile launcher again. Your favorite weapon. Uh, it's, it's the favorite cheese weapon. And then you could use that to fight him as well. Mm. You eventually defeat him. And once again, Snake gives comfort to a dying person. <laughs> that he killed. That he killed. And... Just here's their last moments. Mm-hmm. And this one's a little different because Raven doesn't really have a traumatic past that he shares. At the at least, he more or less says, all right, Snake, you beat me fair and square. Take this security card. It'll, it'll get you to where you need to go. And also, I have something to uh, tickle your brain a little bit. Snake's like, what? What could possibly tickle my brain even more? <laughs> And he says, the DARPA chief that died in front of you, guess what? That wasn't the DARPA chief. It was Decoy Octopus. Okay. So, the DARPA chief you meet at the beginning of the game. Two episodes ago, the DARPA chief said that Psychomantis was able to read his mind. And he also presses you on if the White House is going to give in to the, the demands. You meet Kenneth Baker later, and he says, we have special technology to help prevent people from reading our minds. Okay. Cool. Um, but there's no way that that's possible. The way they got the codes from me, Kenneth Baker, is through torture. That was the clue. 
that was the that was the clue. That was the first one. The second clue is when Snake gets captured, Liquid literally says, "We don't know what killed Baker and Octopus." Not Baker and the DARPA chief. Baker. Octopus. Because and he's like they both seemingly like they both died of like a weird like randomly. Mm-hmm. So that person in the beginning was decoy. His whole shit like he, the body you find of the actual DARPA chief. The blood was drained. It was rotting. Like decoy octopus was doing his thing to recreate he, himself as the DARPA chief. Yeah, he he is a very method actor. He copies his patients. Patience. He he copies his subjects down to the blood. Jeez. Which is fun fact. Which is why he shows up on Snake's radar because the nano machines that were in the DARPA chief's body were now in Octopus's body. Damn, that guy's a great actor. Wow, that's da- man Daniel Day Lewis. Wish. Oh yeah, he, he wishes. Wish. But yeah, the Octopus. So technically, he's the first. He technically he's the, he's the first casualty. Yeah, he's the first Fox member that died. Yes. So Crazy. remember that question a little while back? We lied, but not really, because Snake killed Psycho Mantis. Yeah. But the first the first Foxhound member to just perish yep. was Decoy Octopus. <laughs> Interesting. Um I realized something. Okay, that's for yep. later. Okay. <laughs> So that's the reveal. We don't get no Vulcan Raven backstory, but Vulcan Raven does die by his ravens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Though the ravens just come and start just pecking at him. Yeah, they just start eating him alive. It's what, uh, oddly enough, this is what Raven wants. Because like nature, like he wanted to go right. Yeah, he wants, I want to go back to Mother Earth who bore me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Fair. More, that's more or less what he said. Fair. Um, And then he basically... <laughs> He disses the shit out of Snake as he's being pecked alive. He's like, the, the the path you walk on will have no end. It'll be paved with the bodies that you kill. And Jeez. So Psycho Man has dissed you and said you're worse than him. And then Vulcan Raven's like, yeah, also, you're going to suffer for the rest of your life. Like, you're a monster. Jeez. Mind you, Snake is the one that's always like, okay, I'm going to give you some comfort in your last couple minutes. And they're like, nah, nah, my last minutes... Fuck you. <laughs> and you know, in their defense, he did kill, he them. Did kill them. So <laughs> fair. Fair fair, you know? Jeez. So hey, you're done. Now you can mosey on your way to Metal Gear. Finally. We the the title of the game. We are here. We're here. <laughs> and the reveal it, it, it is pretty cool. It's a sick looking mech. I, I built a model of it recently. It's sitting right behind me. It's pretty sick. This is Metal Gear Rex. Yes, the mm-hmm. the one that Hal designed. Why is it called Rex? Do we know? Uh, I I think it's called Metal Gear Rex simply because it kind of looks like a dinosaur, mm. and you know I'm I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but it it, it roars. It roars. Yeah, it, it roars. It roars like a T Rex. I don't know why, but <laughs> ro- we're anyway. <laughs> so Otacon begins to tell you about Metal Gear Rex and how it's super stealth. So the way that it's stealthy is that it could launch a nuke without anyone knowing. The nuke would be invisible on radar. Yeah. So remember when we told you guys that the terrorists were just continuing the work that they started to begin with. And Metal Gear from the start was meant to launch nukes. And then Otacon was like, but how can it? None of its weapon systems could launch a nuke. Mm-hmm. But this is the this is the T. Arms Tech thought uh, we can get around all these treaties and stuff. Yeah, there's like uh, no nuke treaties. 
uh, yeah, like no nuke missile treaties by putting a nuclear warhead in the rail gun. So by there would be no chemical propellants to shoot this missile. It would only be shot from the railgun apparatus. Yeah, and there would be no uh, propellants. It can't be detected on radar. It would be a stealth nuclear warhead. And so, like, they made technology, essentially, that it would um, prevent it from being tracked on radar. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, like, the arms tech side of it. Like, they pr- created that tech. Yeah. So. And coincidentally, they're on a base full of nuclear warheads. Great. <laughs> So, fantastic. Um, and I mean, again, like, the goal, as always, is to stop Metal Gear and to get these PAL key cards. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to do it. Snake pushes forward a little bit further, and then Otacon pesters you again. And he's like, oh, by the way, Snake, I hacked into Baker's top, top secret files now. <laughs> and I found out the the PAL key situation. And Snake's like, what? I only have one key. Yeah. And Otacon's like, no. You already have all three keys. And Snake's like, what are you talking about, man? I only have one. And Otacon reveals to Snake that it's made out of a shape memory alloy. And that the key changes shape. Due to temperature. Due to the temperature. Mm -hmm. And you have to insert the key three separate times to deactivate the launch. And Snake's like... Damn, okay, this is just like Metal Gear. He doesn't literally say it's just like Metal Gear 2. <laughs> yeah, this is like Metal Gear 2. <laughs> so I have to go to the freezer. I have to go to a hot area in order for this key to change. Yeah, but before <laughs> we do that, Snake is uh, at the command center where he sees both Liquid and Ocelot. <gasps> so they're at the command center? They're at the command center. And they're talking. This is like the first time where we get a glimpse into like the larger plan that mm-hmm. Liquid has in mind. They they plan on getting Big Boss's remains to quote unquote cure the genome soldiers, mm-hmm. which is I think it's the first time we're hearing about curing the genome soldiers. Yeah, so something's up. Um, <laughs> new plot development. New, new this late in the game, there's new plot development. Liquid also mentions about linking up with. A guy named Sergei Gulukovich. Okay. Which is the guy that supplied the Hindi. Um, mm? This is a new guy, right? The, yeah, first mentioned. First mentioned, okay. And then they also talk about making Shadow Moses the next outer heaven. Yeah, that like when Sergei and his men come in, that the genome soldiers plus his soldiers will link up, make a huge ass army, we'll have this nuke. We're gonna, we're gonna. Rule the world. Oh, my God. They also mentioned this thing called Fox Die. Interesting. Did we get anything other than the name? No. And sorry if you hear ruffling. I, I'm a little... My, my nose is a little runny. I apologize. It's okay. Thank you. Um, But, yeah, they mentioned... The first mention of Fox Die. And Snake's like, huh, Fox Die. Mind you, Snake... So, they're in the command center. It's like um this, like tech room with three laptops open um there's two exits i would think and snake's hiding by one door so he's like literally by the the, one of the doors that's open listening to it and just hiding and so like he can like peek in over his right shoulder and like look inside if he wants to to see them 
Um, and like they're talking, talking about, you know, Sergey, Outer Heaven, wanting Big Boss's remains, Fox die. And I think one of them looks at the cameras. Yep. And, and then they see Snake. Yeah, they see him. And they, they continue talking as if they don't. So it's almost like that they want him to hear what they have to say. It's interesting. Yeah, interesting. Then Ocelot finally decides to notice Snake and does like this Western move where he shoots his revolver and he shoots the, the key out of Snake's hand and it falls into a drainage ditch. And Snake's like, fuck! <laughs> fuck! And he has to go all the way down to the drainage ditch. To pick it back up. To pick up this card key. This gives ample enough time for Liquid and Ocelot to get away. Of conveniently. Course. Makes his way back up and then he swipes the key for the first time. And then that's the room temperature key. Mm-hmm. And now there's... I see the cold key and then the hot key. Or that, whichever you go first. Yeah. Right? Then you need a cold one and a hot one. So it's a lot of backtracking again. Yep. So Snake has to backtrack to the permafrost section where you fought Vulcan Raven. And then you just kind of hang out there for a minute or two. Key changes shape. You go back. You swipe that key. And now you're like, okay, let's get the... High temperature key. And on your way to the high temperature key. You get a call from Miller. And Miller's like, yo, Naomi's a spy. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Sorry. She's a spy. Okay. And he's like, don't trust her. She says her name is Naomi Hunter. But the Naomi Hunter from Dr. Clark's team went missing in the Middle East a couple years back. So this Naomi Hunter isn't. The Naomi Hunter that was on the resume. She must have got her identification somehow. Miller also says, hey, Snake, did you happen to hear of anything named Fox Die? And Snake was like, yeah, I heard Liquid mention it. And he was like, yeah, apparently Fox Die is a new biological weapon that kills people by mimicking a heart attack. Naomi must have injected you with that. <gasps> and that was when Snake got injected with the nanomachines. At the beginning of the game. All the way at the beginning. In the briefing files. If you go into the briefing files, you could actually see the moment where she injects Snake. And Miller's like, she's a spy. She injected you with this weapon. And Miller's like, she needs to be arrested. And they inevitably arrest Naomi. Wow. It's pretty wild shit. Damn, Naomi. I knew something was up with her, but... A, a spy? A spy. And then she injected you with this weapon that's going to kill you eventually with a heart attack? Oh, pretty my. Pretty wild. Terrible. Terrible. But as always, you got to keep moving. You got to get you gotta get, you gotta get those card keys, you know? So you're on your way to like the um, the permafrost area, right? Uh, no, you're on your way to the blast furnace. Blast furnace, sorry. And there's a particular spot that's really hot in particular. And you go into this area... The key changes shape. Mm -hmm. So you head all the way back and then you're, you're on the cargo elevator for the last time you're on your way back to swipe this key. And then you get a call from Naomi herself. (gasps) Naomi, what are you doing? Snake is mad. He's like, yo, you are a spy. Why are you calling me? What's up? And she's like, snake, let me explain. Mm -hmm. This girl tells you that. Yes, I swiped off. The information I bought it um, of the Dr. Naomi Hunter is on Dr. Clark's team. I bought that, yes. 
But my name is Naomi Yeager. My brother was Frank Yeager, Gray Fox. <laughs> there's no camera here. When I tell you I'm looking at the camera right now. Mm-hmm. Because there's two things that, that bother me about that. Okay. First off, what is her real name? Because Naomi Jaeger, Jaeger is a German last name, but Jaeger also means hunter. Mm-hmm. So she just happened to find this scientist that worked under Dr. Clark's team named Naomi Hunter. Mm-hmm. So same name, essentially. Yes. So is her name even Naomi? I think it is. I would assume so. So, so what a convenient situation. It's, it's very, very convenient. And her brother is Gray Fox? Yeah. Oh, my. Okay. So, yeah. She took... I mean, she is a scientist. Though. Like, she actually is, like... She is a geneticist. A geneticist. Yeah, yeah. So, th- there's that. But, yes. She's doc- Dr. Naomi Yeager. And Gray Fox was her brother. And she came on this mission as revenge for Snake killing her brother. Yeah. She said that... Ever since the day that he killed Gray Fox, that she said that he's just been like a ghost Mm -hmm. and that a final fight with you is all that he was like searching for and that he he left to go to Snake in order to have that final moment. You know, like, so she, she, she's she's coming back on this revenge tick. Like, she's coming back. Oh, yeah. She wants you know. she wants revenge super hard. You know? And, I mean, she did. She injected you with fox dye. Yeah. Which is this bioweapon, like um, Master Miller was saying. Yeah. It, it, it basically is a bioweapon that is triggered with people's spe- uh, specific genetic code. So, for example, when... Snake encountered Decoy Octopus. Who, who was, was pretending to be the Tharba Chief. Yeah. When he encountered Decoy Octopus, Snake had this virus in him. Since he was in the same room as Decoy Octopus, it sensed Decoy Octopus's genetic code. And when it did, it goes into their uh, lungs and their heart, and it simulates a heart attack. So it jumped from snake to decoy octopus. I, I assume it's like a an airborne disease. Like when snake breathes, he just spews it in the air. So okay, so then they breathe it in, and then it the <laughs> the bio weapon knew it was um, decoy octopus, mm-hmm. and it, but it wasn't trying to kill the DARPA chief because he was pretending to be the DARPA chief. He had his blood in him, but no, it was it was gonna kill decoy octopus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Doesn't, does that mean Snake's going to die? Well, that's what Snake asked Naomi as well. He asked, you must have programmed that thing to kill me. And she's like, well, yeah, well. <laughs> so she confirms, right? Yeah. So how long does he have? Does she? He asks her that, right? Yeah. And she's like, well, Snake, all I could say is live. Oh. But before they could really get into it proper, she gets cut off. And Colonel's like, we've arrested her. <laughs> Great. It's like, wait, I have questions. So literally, I mean, you, yeah. So Snake, now a whole other layer to it. Now he has his fox eye nonsense in him. He has to make all, he just has to go. He just has to go. It's one more key. What's one more key, What's, right? You know? Okay. Let's, oh, we're getting, wow, this could be a nice little long podcast. 
He gets one more key. He goes, he puts it in the computer. And as it's getting all set up, he's like, great. Now Metal Gear will be shut down. He hears a voice. and It's like, Metal Gear has been activated. And it's like, what the fuck? Idea. You can hear the frustration in his voice. He's like, no, I deactivated it. (laughs) Metal Gear is now activated. So then he's like, is he like frantically calling everybody? Uh, No, I mean, I would imagine he would want to, (laughs) but he actually gets a call and it's for Miller. (gasps) And Miller's like, congratulations, Snake. You activated Metal Gear. Nothing can stop us now. And He's just like, what are you talking about? Miller, what? Are you, what? Miller, what's up, man? You're acting weird. <laughs> Cut to Colonel chimes in and he says, Snake, that's not Master Miller. <laughs> and Snake is like, what the fuck now? And they're like, yeah, we don't have, we lost contact with like Miller a while back. And Mei Ling was able to find out that the codec frequency for this Master Miller was coming from inside the base. Yeah, and they said that they went to Master Miller's home and found his body. So you said they found the, his body at their apartment? Yep, they found his body. And <laughs> Snake's like, then who the hell am I talking to? And it cuts back to Master, quote unquote, Master Miller on the codec. And this man takes off his glasses, unravels his luscious hair, and is none other than... Liquid Snake. You've been talking... <laughs> To Liquid Snake the whole game. The whole game. Intel, he's been like your confidant. He's been giving you like, it's it's so, you know what? We'll talk about the end. I have so many things to say about this whole Master Miller Liquid situation. But he reveals himself mm-hmm. and he's like, Snake, nothing can stop us now. So Master Miller basically goes to Snake and he's like, congratulations, Snake. You could die now. <laughs> And the door shuts. Think the whole room just fills with poisonous gas. So Snake calls Otacon to be help. like, "Help me, please." You're the are, only person are I you can liquid? Trust. Are you liquid too? <laughs> <laughs> Is everyone? Am I liquid? Am I liquid? So he calls Otacon to help him out of the room. He he hacks the door to open, and Snake leaves. And when you leave... I love this part. I'm so glad. I see your face. I'm so glad you're going to mention it. Go ahead. And when you leave, for a split second, you see Liquid Snake running to, to Metal Gear. So, so like, you leave the room and you 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 go to turn to, like, run towards Metal Gear. Mm-hmm. But Liquid was, like, watching and waiting. So, as you exit the door, he, like, sees you and just runs. And this is a little, like, note that plays. It's kind of scary. It goes, like... Yeah. It's kind of scary, but it's so funny because he's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I can literally hear the tee as he's running away, you know? So <laughs> he runs and you essentially kind of chase after him. Mm-hmm. I can imagine they're going to Metal Gear, right? Yeah, they're going to the, the, the head part of Metal Gear, which is where the cockpit is. Mm-hmm. So this is like the first real confrontation between uh, Solid and Liquid Snake. Mm-hmm. And this is... The whole point of the game right here. So this is a big lore dump right now. Like, we're learning everything. It's just the, the, the end of the game almost. Almost. Yeah. Yeah, Liquid more or less says that the whole reason <laughs> that Snake was there to begin with, the real reason, was to use Fox Die as like a 
uh, bioweapon. A bioweapon. Make Snake a basically a human bioweapon and spread this disease all over the Shadow Moses base. That's one. Two, Dr. Naomi Hunter, the one we know, came in and altered Fox Die, and Liquid does not know why. No one knows why, no. but Naomi. Okay, so two. Three? Anything else? Oh. Lisa Fontarif. Yes. Liquid goes into the spiel about Liquid and Solid being brothers and how Les Enfants Terribles. <laughs> Les Enfants Terribles. Thank you, Tom. Here you're welcome. <laughs> Was a project in which the DNA of Big Boss was used to create super soldiers. And essentially, uh, Solid Liquid were the two results. So Liquid had the recessive and Snake had the dominant. And basically was just mad about that his whole life and came here to best his brother. <laughs> I mean, okay, sure, man. It, it, it says a lot about Liquid that he wanted to best this guy who he just met and this guy who didn't even know that... They were yeah. brothers until like a few minutes ago. Snake had no idea about this project, had no idea he had family, a brother, had no idea he had the dominant dreams. Like, Liquid tells him this, and then it's like, I want to kill you. Like, me, yeah. Liquid, well, you don't think Liquid would be like, let's team up and and kill whoever did this to us. I think that maybe that flew out the window when Snake killed Big Boss. Because Liquid is also very jealous of the fact that he's the one that killed Big Boss and not Liquid. So I guess in a sense, if he kills Snake, it's like I killed you and you killed Big Boss. Thus, That's I'm on top. I'm the best. Oh, what a way to live. And it's impressive because like we learned about this earlier in the game. And I think we spoke about this in the first episode. Liquid is very accomplished. Yeah. Now, if you take a step back and like really look at what he's done, he is very, very... Very adept at his job. Smart. He was in like the Air British Air Force, I uh, believe. The British SAS. Sorry. What is that? It's like uh, our, our like SEAL Team 6, you know, like Special Forces So people. come on. He was there. He's a pretty good team leader because this little r- ragtag rugrat team he had all followed him. Yeah. And he, they were doing pretty good. He's an effective leader. And by eavesdropping on his plans and stuff, like he's actually got some decent ideas. Also... He planned stuff in a way that Snake fell for it. He put the Vulcan Raven, the first fight. They were like, yeah, he beat me. It's going to plan. They, he had Ocelot, um, like the way that Ocelot knew that Snake was eavesdropping in the control room. Mm-hmm. They played that off. Like, like Liquid had solid <gasps> plans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Liquid is pretty good. Yeah. He, but. It's, it's, a, it's an ego thing, you know, like Liquid. As accomplished as Liquid is and all the success that he's had thus far, he doesn't feel like it's good enough. Yeah, it's it's this innate, you know, and I, and I feel like we hear that from people like, you know, like real life where like they can be so accomplished and so talented and do great things. But if they have this innate feeling of inadequacy, that that's that's half the battle. Half the battle is you have to believe yeah. You can do something. That road leads to madness. <gasps> Believe me. <laughs> I feel like there were 
echoes of it's interesting right because liquid was playing a role in playing master miller but there were moments where like you can almost like he was talking directly to snake yeah and i mean i know we talked before on how uh master miller wasn't able to talk to snake during the high end d fight but there are certain narrative moments where if liquid is active so to speak and you try to call miller he won't pick up because he's kind of busy at the moment. It, it's it's cool, you know? I think also, too, that when you do call Miller, he is helpful to you. Yeah. You know, like, it's whether it's part of the grand plan to get to him and fight him. But, like, he's he's only helpful with those moments where he, like, he is reassuring to Snake. Miller definitely... I, he played, <laughs> Liquid played the role so well, I still call him Miller. Cam Clark, great job. Yeah, great no, job. He, he did an amazing job. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's a big lower dump. Um, brothers, Fox Die, Big Boss, L'Enfant, Teddy's. Uh, and he's like, at this point, I'm going to kill you. He hops into Metal Gear, right? Yep. And, and then like, I'm going to kill you with Metal Gear. And Metal Gear launches. And it's up to Snake to face this thing alone. You said Metal Gear launches? Yeah. The nuke? No, 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 just launches. Oh, as it turns like, on. It turns on. Okay, I was like, oh, wait a minute. So, that didn't um, happen. <laughs> so, yeah, Metal Gear is is it's active. Is active. He gets in there in the cockpit, and he goes to fight Snake. So now you got to fight Metal Gear for the third time in Solid Snake's life. Quite a resume he's built up. Imagine, like, yeah, I personally uh, defeated three Metal Gears, three active mechs by myself. You would think... I know they sent Snake in with Fox Dive, but I feel like they should have trusted Snake. Like, he did that two times over. You don't think he would have done it again? They had no faith in him? I guess. Maybe they just wanted to really make sure. Maybe it was a failsafe, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, Snake calls up Otacon because, you know, Otacon's the engineer. And he says, okay, how the hell do I beat this thing? And Otacon says to really defeat Metal Gear, you have to somehow get to the inside armor. So it's no longer. You just- can't. You can't just fight the legs this time. They, <laughs> Otacon had the bright idea of putting extra plated armor on this thing. That's that. That's an engineer. So if you try to fire a rocket at this thing, it's just not. It's too perfect. It's mm-hmm. not going to go. So Otacon says uh, you have to fire rockets at the uh, ray dome which is like a radar system. Okay. And when you take that out, it'll force the cockpit to open. Thus, you could fire uh, rockets right into the cockpit. So you're essentially just stopping liquid as opposed to like stopping... Metal Gear itself. Okay. Cool. (laughs) So, because, okay, go back a little bit. When you put the PAL key cards and activated Metal Gear, it basically turned it on. So it didn't... It didn't shoot the nuke yet, but it turned it on to allow somebody in to press the button. Yes. I I see. So at this point, you're like, let me just stop liquid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Is this a part two? Since the cockpit's open, you could throw grenades in? Like. No, it's too far. Okay. It's only a rocket thing. They say that like you throw uh, rockets in to get to the inside armor, but I okay. <laughs> Okay. Um, so Snake manages to damage the radome, but it's just not working. The cockpit isn't opening the up. The cockpit isn't opening. The, the, the radome isn't blowing up. It's not, it's not happening. Okay. Until someone comes out 
of the shadows and it's snake's old friend deep throat yeah deep throat (laughs) or gray fox gray fox is here and i always see this part of the game and it's it's almost like gray fox is like back to his old self Mm -hmm. in a sense like it, it it's almost like he's completely not the ninja anymore where did we see him last the last time we saw Gray Fox physically was in the boss fight. And when he ran away screaming. Yeah. Oh. And this part is a little telling for me because he doesn't have the face covering anymore. You could see Gray Fox's face. And he doesn't have the sword anymore. He has like a gun now. I see. So he's no longer the ninja. He's Gray Fox. Gray Fox brings Snake to safety. And Snake is like... Yo, you got to talk to Naomi right now. She's on this revenge trek for you. And you're here right now. Like, call her, talk you're, to her. You're here. You're you're coherent. <laughs> you're, you're, you're more or less okay. Yeah, like you're Gray Fox again. Yeah. yeah. So call Naomi right now. And Gray Fox is like, I can't do that. He's like, I, I can't bring myself to call her. It's like, like, what now? What is the issue now? And Gray Fox reveals <laughs> that he's the one that killed her parents. He's not her actual blood brother. He killed her parents, saw her, and couldn't bring himself to kill her. So he just adopted her. He just adopted her. <laughs> she took his name and everything. Yeah. I mean, she loved him, man. She, she, that was her brother. And I that mean, was her brother. To, I mean, not to his benefit or... I don't know how I, how I would even begin to word this. But he did raise her. He did. And he to, lived, the best, to the best of his ability, he did raise her. And he did his life to make sure she was good. Mm-hmm. Isn't this, do we get the whole spiel about him coming to America with her? Yeah, Na- Naomi uh, talks about it in a little previous conversation that we didn't cover. A more if on, you don't mind. Yeah. Real uh, quick. Naomi just drops that Gray Fox found her as a dirty little orphan, as mm-hmm. she says. And he brought her back to America. Mm-hmm. And he he funded her schooling with his work as a mercenary. And he went back to the mission with Big Boss, and then that's when it happened, according to her. Yes. And then that's when he died. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I can't, again, I can't talk to her. I don't want to admit it, whatever. And Snake's just like... Okay. <laughs> and But but Gray Fox is here to help you, though. Yeah, Gray Fox is, is here to help. Mm-hmm. And he's like, here's a final present from Deep Throat. Fucking gross. Um, he gives you uh, stinger missile ammo. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And Gray Fox goes on a mission to stop Metal Gear from moving. And he destroys the radome, but it costs him his arm. And he gets pinned by Metal Gear. Metal Gear, that, <laughs> that big ass machine has him against the wall. It smushes him. But Gray Fox manages to destroy the radome thus forcing the cockpit to open. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment where Liquid and Gray Fox are standing side by side. And Gray Fox is screaming at Snake, like, fire the stinger. This is the moment. Do it. Ooh. And Snake can't bring himself to do it. Why? What ha- What is Snake going through right now? Because, and this is like a little poetic thing that like some people don't catch up on. In the beginning of the game, Snake more or less uh, and uh, antagonize is isn't the right word, but he he gets on Meryl 
for being green and not being able to pull the trigger. And in this moment, Snake is green again, not being able to pull the trigger himself. But, but why? Why is Snake so nervous at this pivotal moment in the game? Gray Fox is that mentor that Snake had back in the day, and he's right in front of him. He's back, oh. but he can't bring himself to take that away. To take that final shot. I guess it's int- I mean, I would say like the way I I think about it too is that like Snake after all this trauma, I feel like he's almost shell-shocked again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you have think about this. You have this guy who is your enemy, who's your brother, and then your old mentor who is who you thought was dead who is now back, was a ninja, went through this whole ordeal to figure out who he was, and he's back here supporting you. I, I feel like that this is a moment maybe just Snake just froze, too. He was just like, like... Like, what the hell happened? You know what I mean? Like, it's this final moment, and, like, everything just caught up with him. Mm-hmm. You know? And so he can't pull the trigger. Yeah. And you, you literally uh, press, like, the fire button, and Snake goes, no, I can't do it. And while this is going on, uh, Gray Fox has like this final little lament that he does. And he's like, now I could finally die. He's like, I'm, I was never truly alive or truly dead. And if I remember right, I think he says he's, he's an undying shadow in a world full of light. Oh my God. Dude, dude, dude's poetic at the end. Poetic. And it's just so sad because like. He's finally back to who he was. And at this point, he's just like, I, I'm done. Let me rest. I, I, I feel like it's like a uh, a trope that a lot of writers do with mm. like, like resurrection in a sense. Where like characters that come back from the dead. And when they do, they're not themselves anymore. Yeah. No, no. I, I mean, I, I think especially too with like this whole idea of like, people being refugees from war like like they were themselves kind of like child soldiers or like young people in war and like they go through this whole long thing and then when it's time for them to die they can rest gray fox never had that yeah he was killed essentially in zanzibar land mm-hmm. and that was supposed to be like okay i've done my duty as a soldier and they just brought him back yeah like his his job was supposed to be done he, gustavo was supposed to be waiting for him Gustavo, oh my god. Remember that? I forgot about his love. You know what I mean? Snakes literally said, Gustavo's waiting for you. Oh my god. Like he's just like, I'm done. Yeah. And like, and I feel like too, he's like, Naomi, I probably should explain to her, but I just can't. Let me die. And so he's like, his last thing was to help Snake. And mm-hmm. Snake can't even do it. And I mean in this moment, he's the rookie again. Yeah. So so Snake can't do it. Gray Fox is not pinned any, anymore. He's on the ground, right? Yeah, he uh Liquid pushes him towards the ground more or less and stomps the shit out of him. Gray Fox is still not dead. The, this this suit that he's wearing is, is very resilient. Yeah, he's still wearing a ninja suit, so he's like, you know. Yeah, the only thing that he took off is like the, the face covering. But like, yeah, like what Tom said, he's like, Liquid unpins him from the wall. Liquid unpins Gray Fox from the wall. Gray Fox is on the ground talking to Snake. And then... Liquid just steps on Gray Fox while like, in Metal Gear. Like a bug. Oh, my God. But the last words that Gray Fox spoke to Snake was that we're not tools of the government or anyone else. And that fighting was the only thing that he believed in. But he, at least, he always fought for what he believed in. 
And I, I feel like Snake took those words to heart. Yeah. Especially after uh, with him getting crushed like a bug. But, well, yeah, I mean, I think that, that was also very triggering. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, because I, I feel like, I don't know about Gray Fox specifically, but like fighting for what you believe in this, you can shade things in areas of gray, right or wrong, or a little bit of both. Mm. But if a character has this inclination of like, what I'm doing is right, then at least at the bare minimum, you can say, I did it for me. Yeah. You know? So I, I feel like Snake is... That was that that little sentence was a turning point for him to be like, okay, I need to complete this mission. Mm-hmm. I need to do what's right and stopping Metal Gear once yeah. and for all, and Liquid and Liquid. So it the second phase of the Metal Gear fight begins, and it more or less plays out like the first phase. Only it's just a different target that you're facing now. Mm-hmm. Instead of fighting the Ray Dome, you're you're fighting the cockpit itself. Snake is obviously victorious he beats metal gear but snake gets knocked out in the process sadly yeah the, the explosion knocks him against the wall and he, he goes to sleep <laughs> you're brought next into this cutscene, essentially where liquid had carried you and marrow up to the top of metal gear <laughs> i would love to see that in action this is, again the self-imposed like limits that Liquid put on himself. You know what I mean? For this man who feels so low about his like recessive genes, he carried these two adults up to the top of Metal Gear. I would say I'm imagining by hand. It's impressive. It's impressive. <laughs> he brings them up. So he brings them up, wakes up Snake, and more or less talks to him about why are, why are you following your orders? Why are you even doing this right now? I won't be limited by my genes. And... He more or less says to Snake that you're here because you enjoy the killing, don't you? Ooh, that's kind of a nod to what Psychomancer said. Yeah. Like, you're you're just filled with the joy of battle. You're just here because this is what this is what you are. And this is what Colonel echoed to Snake in the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't even need to convince you to come back here. Yeah. You like this shit. Yeah. Oh man. And Snake is like, I am not, that is not me. Fuck you. No, it's not. <laughs> Liquid uh, elaborates that once he gets a billion dollars, <laughs> um, he'll be able to fix the genome soldiers. What is he fixing, though? He reveals that they're not just genetically enhanced soldiers. Well, they are. But they're genetically enhanced by Big Boss's DNA. Mm-hmm. So the stuff that made Big Boss super cool, uh, they isolated those genes and injected them into these dudes. Well, yeah, it made them more adept soldiers. Like, yeah. I get that. But what's wrong with them? Uh, Liquid says that they all show signs of symmetry and that all species on Earth, once they show signs of symmetry on the genetic level, they die out. Okay. And he sees him... And the genome soldiers as some warped kind of family. And he wants to save them. I mean, I also imagine he probably wants to use them in the future. Well, yeah, that I mean, obviously, uh, what is he going to use the soldiers for? Yeah. But it's some sort of like to save them. Like, yeah. And he wants to like still hopefully sell the schematics of Metal Gear. He like he's even right now with everything defeated. 
Liquid is still like, I could still do this. I could still win. I mean, because at this point, like, even though Foxhound is basically gone, he's still alive. He, like, Snake was knocked out and, like, he 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 essentially is still on top. Mm. He's still on top. He's standing over Snake talking to him. Like, you know what I mean? So he's like, I got this. I'm still, I'm still in the battle. I'm still in the game. Mm-hmm. So Snake gets a phone call from Campbell. Okay. And he says to Snake that the government is just going to bomb the place. I got new intel. They're going to nuke Shadow Moses Island. They're just going to nuke the place. And Snake's like, what the flying fuck? Like, I did everything you told me to do. They're like, we're just going to clean house, right? They're like, going to just clean. We're, we're just going to nuke everything. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Mm-hmm. So uh, Colonel is like, okay, I'm going to do you. I'm going to do a solid. Since I'm in command of this mission, I can say, wait, cease operations, and they won't nuke it. It'll buy you some time yeah. to escape. And Snake's like, but you're going to get in a lot of trouble for that. And Colonel's like, it's okay. It's the least I could do after lying to you. I'm saluting. It's the least I can do. And I can respect that. You know, like he, this is like the first time that like Colonel's like really stepping up, you know? And I mean, even though they have his niece, Meryl, there, he's like, Snake has been through so much. I feel like he's kind of um, empathizing with Snake. And like, you know what? At this point, I need to save this man. If I if I can't save my niece, I have no idea where she is. Let me at least save someone. Mm-hmm. You know, so he, he puts himself at risk and um, calls for a ceasefire. But in the midst of him trying to do that, he gets accosted. On the codec, while you're calling him, it's like and a tussle, and Mei Ling's like, "Snake, oh my god!" <laughs> Mei-, Mei Ling's like freaking the fuck out, and then in the codec, you see this person who you've never seen before, <laughs> and he introduces himself as Jim Houseman, and we've mentioned him briefly before. We did Br- very briefly. What was he? Jim Houseman <laughs> is the Secretary of Defense, oh. and he's actually the head of the operation. Oh my it's God. just that Colonel was there as a figurehead. Because, <laughs> again, the U.S. government was involved in making this Metal Gear in order to sell the plans yeah. to get money and whatnot. So, <laughs> Jim is here now. Jim Houseman is here. Jim Houseman is here, everybody. Everybody's favorite Metal Gear character, Jim Houseman. He's like, I'm nuking this place. We've, we've arrested Colonel. And... Snake is like, what the hell, man? I did exactly what I was told to do, and you're just nuking the place? And he's like, you two are an embarrassment from the 1970s. You can't be allowed to live. And Snake's like, but what what about Metal Gear's test data? And he's like, oh, that's interesting. Do, do you have it? Is it? Do you have it with you right now? Snake's like, no. <laughs> and Jim's like, well, I guess you're going to get blown up. It that's just uh, how that's just how it the, is. That was in negotiations. You lost. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, it was like, oh, so this was the plan from the start to kill the DARPA chief and the Armstrong president and everyone. And Jim, uh, and Jim Houseman is like, no, not the DARPA chief. He was my friend. Yeah, I didn't mean to kill him. Which like tells you that like Foxhound had killed the DARPA chief. In order to trick Snake into like revealing the White House secrets. Well, Wait. it was technically that was like a, a happy accident. No, they no. didn't mean to kill the Darpa. They chief. didn't mean to kill him, but like they did. Uh-huh. But the fact that like Jim Houseman was like, "Oh no, we d- we weren't gonna kill him." It's like 
oh, okay, so you kill... Like, other people are expendable, but the Darby chief, you were like, no, no, we were going to... We were going to get him out. We were going to make sure he got out. Yeah. Like, your mother... Jeez, that's who is this Darby chief? I need to know who he Darby is. Darby chief is pretty important, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. To get go through all that trouble. You, you know? know? But anyway, the Darpa <laughs> Chief did die, so Snake literally has no cards to play with. Yeah. And outside of the call, Liquid is looking at Snake probably. <laughs> he's, he's looking at him going like, oh, all these people that you took orders from, look what they're doing to you. Why are you still fighting for them? Yeah, look how you got played, you piece of shit. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> so, Jim is like, yeah, we're going to literally nuke the place in a few minutes, so... Take the time, enjoy enjoy the time with your brother, and then you're gonna get blown up. Cool. And it's like great. So Liquid is like, all right, since we're gonna die, I want to have a final bout with you, mm-hmm. one final round of fisticuffs. And as he's getting set up, he's like, oh yeah, look over there. And Snake sees Meryl. So we had mentioned that he brought her up. But yeah, but this. This is the first time that Snake uh, is revealed, Meryl. Mm-hmm. And we don't know. Snake doesn't know if she's alive or she's dead. She's just there lying, tied up. Yeah, Liquid and Liquid even says to Snake, like, I don't know. She was alive a few minutes ago. I don't know. <laughs> Let's fight. Like, mano a mano. You and me, brother. You were struggling with this fight uh, yesterday, weren't you? It, <laughs> it, it's... Uh, Admittedly, a little clunky. No, no, it looks difficult. I, 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 I poke at you, but it, yeah. I could not do it. Kojima got a little creative later in his career, mm-hmm. like uh, in Death Stranding, for example. The final fisticuff fight, it literally turns into a fighting game. That was yeah, that's and I cute. think that that is hilarious. And if it turned into that for Metal Gear Solid, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> but at for this fight, it's it, it's more or less like punch, punch, kick combo mm-hmm. all the way until you defeat liquid and he just falls off the metal gear screaming Snake! falls off metal gear which is like a couple stories high to his death right it looks it's like the height of a building and he falls on concrete he has to die right yeah but we don't see his body so snake runs to meryl and it turns out she's fucking alive Woo! she's alive i guess they after she got shot maybe they healed her maybe they like patched her up. I mean, like she's not doing well, but she's alive. Yeah, she's she has bandages on her. So, so it's safe to assume that they cared for her to some degree. Yeah, I mean, I bet you they were gonna use her as some kind of like negotiation. Probably, tool, you yeah. know. Um, is there a timer going off at this time, or is it happening in a few seconds? Oh, there's a timer going. So again, Jim Houseman had told you they're gonna nuke Shadow Moses Island. There's a timer. Well, during Liquid's fight too, right? During Liquid's fight? <laughs> uh, well, uh, during Liquid's fight, that's like a bomb that Liquid set up himself. Okay, so roll but... back a little bit. <laughs> You're fighting Liquid and Liquid sets off a bomb during the fight. He's like, okay, you have to fight me within this time limit or the bomb goes off. So you fight Liquid, defuse the bomb, see Marrow, and then another timer goes off for like... For the air raid. The air raid to nuke Shadow Moses. <laughs> This game gets fucking crazy. <laughs> it's funny because after the Psycho Mantis fight, it was just like boss, 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 exposition, boss, boss. Like it was just like it really ramps up. This too, it was heavy. This too was heavy with content. Mm-hmm. So it was a timer now for the actual nuking of Shadow Moses Island, and you have to escape a Meryl. Yeah. Where's so Otacon? Oh, great question. Snake calls Otacon, and he's like. Otacon, you, you gotta get the fuck out of here. They're gonna nuke the place. You have to run right now. 
Mm-hmm. And Otacon is saying, no, I'm not running. Mm-hmm. And Snake's like, why? And Otacon is saying that like all the doors are locked, but I could hack the doors to open for you. So I have to stay here to make sure that you two can get out. And Snake is like, they're going to use a, a surface piercing nuclear bomb, Otacon. They're going, you're, like go- you're going to die. You're going to get vaporized. And he's like, that's okay. Oh my God. I, I want to help. And it, you could just think about how he's probably thinking about his role in Metal Gear. And like, it wasn't his fault, but he had a hand in the creation. He's probably like, this is the way, this is justice. This is how I can right this wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And Snake, Snake says to him, don't die on me. And Snake and Meryl both run. They find a jeep with a machine gun mounted on it. I guess it's like a military thing, you know. And they go up this, like, ramp. And this ramp goes on for, like, three miles. It's a ramp to get out, right? Yeah. Okay. I guess it it shows how deep they really are underground. Because, I mean, Metal Gear was deep. So the ramps are, like, you're driving on this little, like, ramp highway looking area for quite a minute. Mm -hmm. And who shows up? Fucking Liquid Snake. Liquid's alive. Again. Again. <laughs> Remember, if you don't see a body, they're not dead. And then even then, even if you do see a body, maybe they're not dead. Oh, yeah, Gray Fox. <laughs> they bring them back. Yeah. <laughs> so they, Liquid is alive, and he's just like, brother. And like he's on, he's on also a Jeep mounted with a machine gun. Yeah, but he's not using the machine. He he ha- He's driving the car with one hand, and he has a machine gun in the other hand, just shooting you. So much for recessive genes. This man is resilient. This, this dude is fucking about it. <laughs> so Snake and Liquid have this little shooting contest in the highway section. Mm-hmm. And Meryl's just trying to fucking survive. She's just trying to drive her way out of here. Are there soldiers also coming in um, on their own cars? I thought I remember that. No, there's no soldiers on their own cars. Okay, I probably you, think... Well, early on, there are some soldiers to shoot at, but it's very short-lived. Oh, okay, okay. But it's just you and, you it's and Meryl. You, you, Meryl, and Liquid. Okay. And you're driving. Meryl says, Snake, daylight. And Liquid drives in front of them real quick. And then they get into a car crash. And then they all flip over. Snake and Meryl are pinned. They can't get up. So, like, yeah, they, they make it outside, but they're pinned under their Jeep. Which sounds really painful. It, it, Maybe I'm, they're just, like, stuck in, like, maybe, like, a... Yeah, like, it doesn't seem like they broke anything. It's like they just, they're inconvenienced at the moment. Like, yeah. they, they, they gotta, like, figure a way to get out. <laughs> they're, um, they're outside pinned under the vehicle, and they're like, okay, we made it out. Like, we gotta get out of this. We, we gotta find a way to get out of this car right now. And as they're pinned and they're trying to figure it out, guess who comes and points a gun at Snake's face? Liquid survived and he wasn't pinned and now he's ready to kill Snake once and for all. He's he's just one pulling of a trigger away. Yo, Liquid is good. Like honestly, like he at this point he won. Yeah. Like he did it. He did it. He's, he's right there. At the last possible moment, Snake is Snake cannot do anything. He's, he's helpless. Trapped on his car and the gun's pointing right at him. And then right then, Liquid says, fuck. And then he says, fox. Then Snake says, die. Incredible. I didn't, I didn't realize that, they, that that's how it went. Yeah. 
and liquid just drops dead of fox die. Out of at the perfect time. It's at almost the, like it was like a, a like, button. Like fate. So at this point, Snake turns to Marrow and she's like, Don't think about it, Snake. <laughs> don't don't think about it. Um because we all we're all thinking the same thing. If Liquid died, what the hell's gonna happen to Snake? Yeah, right? They're the <laughs> same on the genetic level. So Fox Die was made to kill liquid it's gonna kill me i know we have a difference in like dominant recessive it's still the same genetic code they're twins they're twins so um you call colonel or colonel calls you and it's like wait colonel i thought jim houseman got you and colonel's like first off yo let me i'm gonna tell you some shit right now there's some tea right now (laughs) jim houseman has been arrested i called the president snake and apparently jim houseman said secretary of defense was working alone on this. Not not only this operation, Metal Gear, everything. The whole thing was the Secretary of Defense acting by himself. The president had no idea. Like, his colonel's like, the America wouldn't shoot nukes to, like, hide some secrets. And Snake's like, I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> Snake, I don't know. I, th- I think they would. But the president's like, man, I, I, he was acting alone. And colonel's like... So colonel got reinstated as the leader of this mission. Jim Houseman got arrested... Um, and Naomi got unarrested. Yeah. So. Yeah, she's kind of in like this limbo area. Mm-hmm. I would I would say. Uh, so Snake basically asks, "Hey, um, this fox die thing." And Colonel's like, "Don't worry, Meryl's okay." <laughs> what about me, like, <laughs> motherfucker? What about me, Saw like, Snake? Like Colonel, you know why I'm asking this question. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, well, Naomi said she actually wanted to talk to you," and so Naomi gets on the phone. I, there was a moment, um, Colonel said like, oh, Naomi's with Mei Ling right now. I'll put her on the phone. I feel like they're all kind of together and like Mei Ling is probably like consoling everybody. And like everyone's kind of like getting, <laughs> everyone's kind of like coming together and like, what the hell kind of mission did we just go through? Yeah, it's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. So Naomi comes on and Snake pops the question, am I going to die? <laughs> and Naomi more or less says... I don't know, Snake. It's up to you. What the fuck kind of answer is that? She says, you can determine how long left you have to live. And Snake's like, no, no. Like, he, he asks the more <laughs> specific question. I don't remember exactly what it said. But he was like, no, no. Like, how much time? And she goes into this whole, like, soliloquy of, like, do we do any of us really know how much time we have left? Snake, it's time for you to live. Oh, it pisses me off so bad. Because... <laughs> Because he's asking how long he has to live. He just met these people on the base and they've immediately died. Yeah. So we're talking like, do I have minutes? Do I have days? Do I like what 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 am I working with here? Do I have a year? If I got a year, I can work with that. Just tell me now. And she's like, it's just it's up to you, Snake. I'm like, oh my God. Um <laughs> so at this point, you're literally you don't get anything from Naomi. So you go back talking to Colonel mm-hmm. and he's like Colonel, like, what happened to the air raid? What's what's happening with with like the nuking of Shadow Moses? And he's like, it's it's gone. We've 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 removed the um that that demand whatever. Mm-hmm. So all of you are safe. Not only are you safe, um, I got a present for you as a snowmobile. You guys can leave because honestly, you two died. They officially died after their jeep crashed into the ocean. Wow. So. They're good to go. Yeah, they're they're fine. Uh, Snake reminds Colonel real quick about uh, dorky little scientist to pick up too, and 
the colonel's like, oh, okay, we'll take care of that. We'll take care of Ocelot. I mean, us right. Otacon, sorry. We'll take her. Where is Ocelot? Interesting. <gasps> we'll get into that. Ooh. But um, we'll, we'll take care of Otacon. No worries. Um, and, and, and that's about it. Like, you and Mero. Go. Uh, drive off into the sunset. Uh, Snake lectures Meryl a little bit about caribou. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But that, that that's literally it. It ends with Solid Snake not knowing how much time he has left. It ends with him and Meryl escaping on a snowmobile. It ends with Os- Atacan being rescued and Shadow Moses Island not being nuked and intact. It's a, a happy ending because like snake snake has an expiration date that we don't we don't know when it's gonna happen but it's it it's gonna happen maybe i don't know and that is the end of metal gear solid there's something in my mind that i feel like i want to say but i'm forgetting it if anything else hi everybody Future Crystal here for once. I just wanted to come here and say that Naomi and Snake had a lovely conversation about Gray Fox's last words. And Snake was saying all this lovely language about how Gray Fox wanted Naomi to move on and whatnot. But Gray Fox said none of that. I think Solid Snake likes to lie a little bit to help people move on. And you know what? We love him for it. But he gives her all this information and it's false. Just wanted to come in here and say that. Goodbye. But that's it. Well, are we going to talk about the post credits? <gasps> of course, it's a post credit scene. It, 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 there's always a post credit stinger at the end of these games. <sighs> and who's talking but none other than our favorite one-handed man? Ocelot. Oh, my God. And he's talking to someone over the phone. And Ocelot's like, yo, I got uh, Metal Gear Rex's test data. Yeah. Uh, no no one knew that I was a, a double agent. <laughs> And nobody knew that you, Mr. President, were involved. Were in involved. And, so- and not only that, he also says that, yes, it takes a well-balanced individual such as yourself, Solidus, the third clone <laughs> of the Les Enfants Terribles. Mm-hmm. First of all... even begin because what kind of conversation is that why would you dump so much it's like Ocelot knew people were listening in yeah right why would you mention Mr. President yeah you're also a clone yeah you're the third brother of that project oh we're missing another big tidbit Ocelot was also like oh yeah that little uh, clone experiment was interesting huh turns out that up until the very end Liquid legitimately thought that he was the inferior clone Liquid actually had the dominant genes. Liquid was the genetically superior super soldier the entire time. Ain't that? Oh my god. And when you look back, it is so fucking obvious that he is the superior one. Liquid is such an amazing soldier and leader and talented, but you know what limited him? His own barriers. His own view of himself. And we... Self-plug, shameless self-plug. We're doing a YouTube video on, on Liquid Snake. But um, <laughs> his own self-imposed view, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? His own view of himself limited him. It guided his whole life. He yeah. was the quote-unquote twin with the dominant 
dominant does not mean superior, but whatever. The dominant superior genes. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I can't iterate this enough. If Fox die wasn't a factor in this mission, Liquid would have won. Liquid had the gun pointed at Snake. Liquid would have came out on top. Okay, and then jump back to what Ocelot's saying in this post-credit scene. It's not even a scene. It's just um, it's the credits row. It's a, bl- a black screen, I believe, and, and Ocelot's just talking over it. Mm-hmm. So the president was involved the entire time. He mm-hmm. is the third result of a Les Enfants Terribles project. Yes. President, third clone of Big Boss, and um, what else? Is that it? I think it's the major two reveals. Those are the major two reveals. <laughs> So, we can imagine there will be another game, which there was. There was. And we'll talk about next time. We'll talk about that for another day. Tom. And, oh, man. Tom, I mean, I know you're going to edit this down, but we're we're going to probably be over two hours. Probably. <laughs> and I can't. Okay. It's, we said we were going to do it, and we did it. We. we... <laughs> no, it, it, okay, this podcast is over two hours. I feel like this took us over three and a half hours to really get everything done on that note we have some end of podcast notes for you (laughs) for those who soldiered through these two hours with us thank you for being here love you all thank you so much you are the cream of the crop you're the best of the best and i appreciate you very much yeah honestly like it this was a lot and we hope you enjoyed it we we just want to be as thorough as possible so people can get some little tidbits you know Mm -hmm. but Moving forward, now that we're done with Metal Gear Solid, episodes will now be bi-weekly. They're going to be every two weeks. That's to give us a little bit of a breather. Yeah. Uh, Making these episodes the way that we want to make them, to be as thorough as we want to be. It takes time. So we're going to- It takes time. Uh, We're we're only a two-person operation. So we're going to make them bi-weekly. Next episode is going to be a 201 level. But after that, we're going to continue to go through all the games. And in the meantime, we're also still streaming on Twitch. We're making YouTube content. So, like, we're just trying to make things more bite-sized. Yeah. We did monthly, um, well, we did weekly episodes for the month of October because we were excited for the Master Collection and to build some hype around the podcast. Yeah. And we started this podcast while we were also doing these long-form YouTube videos. And it's something that, like, I personally would love to go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to find a balance because a uh, little bit of I- indoor lore. I- I- I'm the editor of the podcast and the YouTube stuff, so I'm I'm trying to find a balance between doing the 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 two. Yeah. And I feel like if the podcast is bi-weekly, that'll give me some breathing room to really get going on the YouTube journey again. Yeah, I mean, Tom does a great job. Tom, you do a great job with editing for both. So, if, you know, if people want to, you know, got little projects that they need someone to edit, you know, reach out to Tom. You're doing a good job. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm learning as I go, but I, I feel like I got an, a knack for it, No, I guess. it's getting quicker and quicker each episode for you to, like, like edit it down. But thank you for all you do. Of course. Thank no, you. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun doing this. <laughs> so, again, like, sad that, you know, we can't do it weekly. But um, we'll, we'll be we'll be here still. We'll yeah. be on YouTube. Yeah. We'll be on Twitch still. We're, we're not going anywhere. You know. Um, also, just for future, if anybody has an idea for a 201 level episode, again, these are episodes that are maybe a little bit more in-depth around a specific topic, feel free to send us a DM. 
we already got a question for the next podcast. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we, we have a couple of ideas in the chamber, like cooking, mm-hmm. but I, I would love. Oven. What? Not say in the oven. In the oven. But I would love to have uh, fans of our little show uh, <laughs> give us questions. I think that that's really yeah, cool. Questions, you know? topics, ideas. So let us know. But with that, we will see you all in two weeks. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for hanging in there. Um, Tom, thank you so much for hanging in there. You guys can't see, but Tom is a little sleepy. I am a little sleepy. <laughs> but thank you all so much. Um, let's see what shenanigans Solosnake gets in the next game. Um, <laughs> or in just the future games. There's still yeah, something left. I, I'm sh- what do you mean? It, he, it's just a nice, boring little life he has now. Yeah. Will Fox die return? Maybe. What will Solid Snake do? Something. Find out next time on Metal Gear University. Bye, guys. Bye. Good night.